There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac 1-1 and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show. What a jam-packed show we have for you tonight. First, let me introduce the members of a rather extended posse. Girls, get ready. Sit down. Get your fan ready. Get your big box of Kleenex, your mister. And, um, you know, I think my beer is dripping on my foot here. Hang on. Okay, get your mister. <laughs> Did I say beer? I meant root beer. Uh, your um, big box of cleanings, big box of wipes, huge squeegee because very famous Juan Juan is here. Hello, Mac. Hello, girls. Welcome to the show tonight. It's going to be another hot and heavy show. Hot it's and going heavy. It's going to be fun. Okay. All, All right. these shows are fun anyway. Yes. Okay. Fun. And you got to read between the lines on some of them. <laughs> really? We have to do a deep dive yeah, into the Some of the, the content, you got to, ooh. Hell, you on the shot? Yeah. Ooh, what did Raven oh, say? Oh, there you go. Oh, oh, I do that all the time. <laughs> I have transcripts, if anyone's interested. Okay, listen. I'm sure a lot of gilfs, GG gilfs, and GGGG gilfs uh, excited tonight because Coco is with us. We know him as, they know him as Coco on the street. We know him as Commander Cobra up there in his compound. CC. Good evening, Mac. It's always a pleasure to be on the wing. Really appreciate the uh, the opportunity to join this ray and join the formation. Okay. All right. So you're dressed like a pilot. Would you just come home from work or something? You're all dressed up. You still have your flight suit on? You get your... That's it. Uh, I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm comfortably attired for the uh, evening's event. Hmm. That's what the parachute is for. I don't get it. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, hang on. First one of the night. Uh, you never know when you want to bail out of the show, right? Right. Exactly. Um, up there in the um, Boulder Flakes, a national correspondent, Battle Creek, Michigan, Switchblade Steve Ward. Switchy. It is great to be here tonight. Okay. Good. Good to see you. How are you? I am beyond wonderful. Okay. All right. He's in a good mood. I sense a good mood. Plus, he has a uh, visual of Popeye and a big can of spinach behind him. So, let's see. When we get back to what he had for breakfast, maybe he had a spinach omelet or something, though I doubt it. Okay, look. Also joining us up there in uh, – oh, I'm going to save the best for last. Sorry. Um, our security chief down there in Woburn. Is it Doesn't make me feel too good when no, you no. say that. No, no. Hey, listen. Hey. <laughs> Willie Club is with us. Willie, how you doing? Hi, Mac. Hi, everyone. I'm, I'm doing great. Okay. Big night tonight, I can feel. And Big I, I agree with one one. It's going to be hot with a capital H. Wow. That's right. Hmm. More ways than one, man. Hey, don't yeah. set the bar too high there, guys. Now, listen. Willie, you took the last two weeks off, right? You haven't been with us for two weeks. Yeah, I was on a road trip. Road trip. Down to see the Stones, right? Yes, I didn't see them. They okay. were they were a day, a few days ahead of us. Okay, but my daughter was there. Well, how did, how did it go? How did she like it? Oh, she loved it. Yeah, yep. she even got some pictures. Oh, cool. Oh, good. Because we did it last Charlotte. 
Last week, Charlotte, right. Yep. Last week yep. we did the top 10 was top 10 reasons why a club has taken two weeks off from the show. You'll have to listen in on that. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway, thanks for joining us. Okay, so now listen. Uh, also, we have with us, he's also down south somewhere, okay? And he's in his, he's in his uh, library, which uh, books filled with, they have fake middles and they have guns in them. What are you saying? <laughs> Read every one of them. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Got, you, know, you mentioned that, Matt, because last week you wanted to know if I was protected. So okay. I did this for you. Jocko Johnson, everybody. In case somebody uh, speaks up. He's opening up a gun. Wow, he literally has a gun, right? He had a hand grenade last time. Okay. And the tension is unbearable. Second Amendment, it's, uh, you know. What's he doing? He's lighting a fuse. Well, the air oh, cooperates the way you're picking it up. <laughs> what is that, Bob? What is well, oh, that? You squirt you know, the water. Not... The water squirted right out of that. There's more than water in Wow. All right. I got, you know what? I didn't even load it. That's happened. okay. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. Uh, is, go. I hate to be like this, but if you shoot yourself, can you do it while we're on the air? Because here we Absolutely. Great <laughs> for Speaking of uh, being armed, <laughs> uh, thank you, Mac. UFO mechanic Al is here. Al, isn't there a Stone song that has a, a line about something like that? I did it just for him. Stop on the just stage. <laughs> yes, Al Ronaldo, how you doing? UFO uh, doing mechanic. great, Mac. Good to be here tonight. Okay. Uh, okay. Hi, everybody. How's everything going? Okay. <clears throat> if you're armed, just uh, nod your head. I am not. Oh. I'm sorry, no. Yet you nodded your head. No, I, I, no. Okay, all right. Not tonight. What's that, only when you go down to Boston? Was that the... If I'm going into Boston and I'm not going to the airport, <laughs> I, will, I will have a... You'll I have, generally a, have, you'll a, have a little... I'll have a small handgun. You'll bring a friend with you. Okay, I understand. Okay, so uh, now that all that is out of the way, let's uh, get to the beauty among the beasts. It's our favorite good witch up there in upstate New York. Raven is with us. Hello, Raven. How are you tonight? Hello, my friends. I'm doing so good. How are you? Okay. Hello, Raven. We're good. Hi. All right. Now let's uh, let's talk about the attire. This is your bit. season, right? You're it all is. decked out and ready. Is that a hat? Your cauldron uh, fired up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep, it's on downstairs. Oh, I see. What? So I'm talking about your attire now. What do you? What do you? You got a hat on? Is that the angle? It's winter hat season. Okay. It's, it's officially back, your and thing? I have a flannel on. <laughs> a flannel. Okay. Like cold up there in upstate New York. Wow. All right. It's freezing all day. Okay. So, and uh, <laughs> what's the drink of choice today? It looks like. It's um, my eight days a week, and it's out of my skull uh, uh, glass. Yes. So don't wrong me. Okay. All okay? right. Don't worry. All right. We won't. Okay. Well, the whole, mind. the whole gang is here. This is good because um, we're going to be um, we're going to do a few things, but we have a uh, guest on coming on later, Preston Dennett, and I think I'm pronouncing his name right. Um, we uh, somehow crossed paths, and I asked him to be on the show, and he agreed. He's going to be on tonight, but I didn't know, realize you guys know him. You've uh, heard of him before. He's written lots of UFO books. One of them is, and we got to talk to him about this, is he, he's, he's written a book called Inside a UFO. So I'm, I'm hoping it's like the mechanics of a UFO. How would he know? But he also wrote one, the top 10, top 100 UFO drive-in movie incidents. Wow. UFOs over drive-in movies, man. Wow. you got a 100 of them. So. Mm. That's really? good. I don't know. How do you notice, though? I mean, generally, if you're in a drive-in, you're awful busy. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Big L. All right. You know, so, you know, speaking of that, you know, I have a, a warm affinity for, for drive-in movies. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm being honest, but this is, uh, I lost my virginity at age 16 Whoa. in the local uh, really? drive-in. Huh. I did. And, uh, okay. So I, I always have a warm feeling when we talk about driving. Warm feeling, interesting. Were you by yourself? Or you don't believe the yeah, self-control that I have tonight that I did not roll in on that okay. and leave that in flames. Okay. Well, you know, just let that golden memory 
Lie where it does. What was the movie? Oh, gotta, what was the movie that frank. you were supposed to be watching? Yeah, I what movie? Good act of contrition. After, was it after in me. between features? You know, buy our popcorn, oh, refreshments. You know, uh, that was. Are you indicating thing. somehow switch <laughs> that he didn't have lasting power? Is that what? No, you're no, come on, no. I wasn't. Uh, I'm just asking a question. Just an objective. That's what the spinach is. Uh, uh, I have question. to admit. Okay. Yeah, it was. It was not. That, that was not uh, a lasting. Uh, time performance. Oh, wow. but I always like to go to uh, the drive-in. I like to go to horror movies. Yes, because my dates always hated those kind of movies. Go so ahead. They weren't interested in watching the movie. It's not boring. Well, huh? I don't like horror movies. No, so, what was no. the movie uh, of the uh, of this uh, scene of this crime? Gone with the Wind. I, I, Tears of Endearment. I don't even remember. <laughs> okay. How would he remember? <laughs> he was busy. He was busy. <laughs> All right, club. Okay, chapter one of your bi- no, not chapter one. Chapter two or three of your biography. That's hey. Right. My dad always had station wagons, so uh, I would have the keys to the station wagon if I really, really? had to engage in some extracurricular activity. At the drive Mine was a, a Corvia, uh, the one with the uh, rear Love engine. Love it. Yes. Where the yeah, seats nice. went down flat, wow. so the seats went flat. It's like a bed. This wow. is why Mr. Nader did not want yeah. you driving oh. a Corvair. Easy now. For these, just this occasion. I don't, I don't own many Corvairs. That's right. Just at any speed, especially the drive-in. I realize yeah, uh, I don't a lot of Corvairs. Raven has no idea what we're talking about. She didn't even know what a drive-in movie is. Okay. Yeah, well. <laughs> should we explain? Hey, Matt. Yes. We had a Rambler for a while, a Rambler station oh, yes. wagon. Yep. And those seats literally could, did go yeah. flat all the way from the dashboard to the yeah. back window. You could camp out in those things. I know someone who had one of those. You could spread a mattress or just a right. blanket up there. And, Rambler's yeah. were cool. They had all kinds of gadgets. They had push-button uh, uh, transmission and stuff. Yeah, they had all kinds yeah. of little yeah, gizmos, did. you know. So anyway. Okay, so we've introduced everybody. And um, we're going to be talking to our guest. And we uh, established the fact that Preston uh, Tennant. Club has lost his virginity, so that's good. Right. Get that out of the way. What, what, what was things. it, Medford driving? Was it the Medford twin? It was the one of the other. It's the uh, Meadow Glen. A Meadow, oh, Meadow Glen, I've, yes. I've been there. Okay, yeah. I, when I drive by there now, I still get uh, curious. <laughs> the Meadow Glen is where I saw the Beatles' Hard Day's Night when it came wow. out. Uh, the second okay. time. It's probably not what, the a, same. what an interesting, almost ironic statement. Right. Uh, <laughs> Our day's night. Come on, come on. Interesting. interesting. I got to edit this. Raven, clock your ears, please. Okay, so listen. So we have um, a top 10 um, tonight, and I believe Raven has the top 10. And the top 10 is now, now, regular listeners to the show should know that in the past three weeks, Al is a good witness. For some reason, well, let me just, you know, really backstory it. We're in a radio station in a neighborhood in Exeter, New Hampshire. It looks like a regular house in a regular neighborhood. There was a guy who worked here, Bob the engineer. He came in every day. He lived two houses down. He dropped dead here, unfortunately, right before we uh, came here. And um, now people kind of hear him and see him and one want to see him. And, I, and you know, I've heard noises. We've heard noises. Oh, no. He wears khakis. He wears khakis. He's a very well-dressed ghost. And um, Lois Lane was here last week. She heard someone come in the door. You know, that whole that whole thing. We have to search the place and no one was here. And, you know, so anyway. So tonight's top ten is top ten reasons Bob the Ghost has been showing up on the show lately. Okay? You get the bit there, Wani? You get it? I got it. Okay. Here That's we go. cool. Let's go. Raven, please, has the list. All right. Uh, start the music, please. Stop the music. Number ten. He still feeds the 
ducks out back. He's still feeding those ducks. You know, he did it for 30 years. You know, that's a good attraction. I love those ducks out back. Ducks are so cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are. That'd be a good reason to a nice wetland out there. You see that antenna antenna sticking up in that swamp? Yes. That is a massive antenna. Uh, Yes. You come into a a residential neighborhood and you you look above the trees and there's a big antenna. That's the only thing that gives this place away. Yeah. There's a big ass antenna. And the generator, the big generator in the front yard. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Number nine, please. Top 10 reasons Bob the Ghost has been showing up on the show recently number nine the music in heaven sucks and he likes the station's new rockin with the oldies format (laughs) strong possibility next next please number eight please raven number eight he's bored out of his freaking mind see heaven is born they they, they oversell heaven apparently Uh, how do we know that it was bob got the destination he's here oh well yeah he's a good guy he's a good guy hell how'd they (laughs) just ask him uh next next please raven Number seven, uh, he wants to hook up with the ghost who's been haunting Raven's house. There you go. <laughs> it's a hookup, frankly. Maybe they'll go to a drive-in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can yeah. hang out at the drive-in. Okay. Uh, please, uh, next one, please. This is the top ten reasons Bob the Ghost has been showing up on the show re- recently. Uh, number six, he misses helping Pistol Pete count all his money. Ooh, that's inside. Yeah. Okay, all right. Next, please, Raven. Uh, he likes to hear Juan Juan scream like a little girl. Oh. What? <laughs> don't, don't we all? I didn't know it was that much of an attraction. Yeah, it is now. Okay, wow. Yeah, I screamed when I first saw it. Well, I may have been screamed, but I, I, I screamed. What the hell is that? We should it tell sure seemed like a scream to the rest of us. He was just scream. walked by. You know, someone walked by the studio one night. Uh, we're doing the show. The door was open, and it's kind of like waving. One says to me, did you see that guy? I go, what guy? This is the guy who just walked by. I didn't see anybody. So we searched the whole place, this whole place. Talked to Pete the next day. No, no one was there. You know, I thought it was a legitimate employee. Or I did too. Or the, the tenant. I believe. Uh, just to uh, clarify the, uh, the the air here. Go ahead. Bob is a legitimate employee. Right. He's right. Yeah, they, so I mean, let's just, never took just out. check the language. Words that's right. That's true. I thought it was. He's still showing up to work. The yeah, man deserves a paycheck. Right. Yeah, they, that's what's happening. They never took his ID from him, and just it scans. It still scans at the yeah. door. So all right. Uh, so Bob the ghost. Okay. He doesn't need a key. He goes right through the walls. Uh, go ahead, please, Raven. Top 10 reasons why uh, Bob the Ghost showed up in the show recently. Uh, number four, uh, he's simply mesmerized by Switchy's hair system. There you go. <laughs> Come back from the dead <laughs> to find out. Switchy's not laughing. Okay. All right, let's move on. That's his <laughs> club is, though. <laughs> please, next, please, Raven. Uh, number three, his ghost wife nags the out of him and sometimes he's just got to get away he goes back where he used to work wow we're gonna have to put a ton of sweetener on this one okay next one please right number two he thought he was supposed to meet casper here there you go it's a mix-up they're on tiktok whoo okay is this on (laughs) (laughs) the last please last question please i mean last uh, maybe it is a question top 10 reasons bob the ghost has been hanging out at the uh, station recently. He loves the contact high. <laughs> <laughs> now that one that uh, probably be. has the most, wow. uh, most gravity behind it. Okay. Yeah. Wow. okay, all right. Something that's going around. I'm glad I don't resemble that remark. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay, Bob the Ghost, thanks. Maybe he doesn't haunt us anymore now. Um, so why don't we do this, though? Why don't we take a quick break now? We should remind everybody, however, that if you go to MacMaloney.com and hit the contact button, um, we got this swag thing going on now. It started about three weeks ago, and we're already like reordering for the third time. 
but we like it because if you go to macmaloney.com, hit the contact button, and uh, you can send us an email, send us your mailing address, and uh, we will send you out a bag of swag, okay? It's like um, uh, pins, badges, decals, and what everyone seems to like is the bar coasters. Big demand for the bar coasters. So um, send us your mailing address, and we will send you out a bag of swag, okay? And um, let's see, what else? I think that's it. Oh, uh, Matt Moy's, uh Beyond Area 51 is on sale everywhere. We did a, a uh, special show last week. Everyone seemed to like it, Beyond Area 51 on Amazon. Anything else, Al? I think Okay. I love the uh, I love the uh, Macaloni Milk Eric file swag because it brings back the days, the glory days of Wingman. When in the pack of Wingman was the uh, on the back fly uh, panels, you send a self-addressed envelope to uh, Mac Maloney, yes. and you could get a bumper sticker. And I still have most of my bumper stickers. I left them really? all over the all over the globe. Some are sticking on some gear in Iraq. Some are down in Antarctica. Some are on the ships I was on. Gee, are, are you serious? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You would send a sassy. And Matt got great pictures. I mean, before the digital yep. stuff came, he had fa- he had fan readers that would send him pictures of stuff, you know, photographs, and they would throw it in the mail to him, showing him where he went. Um, it's called a sassy back then, S-A-S-E, self-addressed stamp envelope. Yep. So you did it to me, and actually my um, friend. So a lot of bumper stickers. What happened there? Look at Bob, look at this. Two bicep, what happened? It's locking up. One, two, three. Yeah. All right, we'll cut. So anyway, yeah, yeah. So we sent a lot of them out in the uh, first uh, Gulf War was happening then. And when the day that they entered Kuwait, the day that they re-entered Kuwait, the goodies, okay, people from where my brother worked was call, would call me up and say, turn on CNN, because a tank went by and had a wingman bumper sticker on it. As they were <laughs> yeah, liberating right. Kuwait. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was wild, man. Uh, so, um, and I guess a few other people saw them, you know, during the celebration or whatever. But but we sent out literally thousands of them, you know. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And they were everywhere. And people call me and say, yeah, I just saw one. Like, I'm in Seattle, and a, and a guy was going like 120 miles an hour, and a state trooper was chasing him. The guy had a bumper sticker, a wingman bumper sticker on his bumper. You know, you so stuff like that, criminal activity. But I don't like this. Yeah, what was going on here? We're talking technical here. Why would that stop? She'd be talking smack about Bob. It must be. Something's up. Yeah. So anyway. I I got cut off three times. You guys having problems here? No, it's what this, uh, Uh anyway. It is. It's what Bob the ghost used to fix. He was the engineer here. Thank you, Bob. But yeah, so anyway, uh, go to MacMillan.com. Hit the contact button. We will send you out a bag of swag. But send us your mailing address. A lot of people will send us an email and they go, yeah, send me the, you know, as if the email, I'm going to send it magically. Well, Mac, maybe you need to make a virtual uh, swag bag that you can send back electronically until they send you the, uh, the address. Hmm. Like you just make up the templates and they can print out their own bumper stickers. Sounds complicated, man. I'd rather just stuff the envelope, you know. <laughs> I, I got to tell you two things, though, interesting happened today. First of all, the first, the first uh, barrage of swag has reached people. And uh, already one guy has put a decal on his golf bag. He's going golfing. He's got the golf bag. So we're out, nice. on, the, we're out on the course. And also, and uh, at some point in uh, future shows, we're going to have a bunch of fan letters to read off. But we got a, a um, fan letter today from Luxembourg. Okay. I think we should clap for Luxembourg. Wow. Right? Can anyone? Tiny little country. Spell it. Very pretty. Place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can I guess? Now, Coco, I know you know where it is. I'm going to say it's like uh, on the other side of France, near the Alps. Uh, it's right there in the Benelux area with Belgium, France. No, Brave state of General George Patton. Hmm. Was it in World War II? It is, it, was that's it where he's buried, is correct. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Was it, was it involved in World War II? Ahead of his troops. Huh. Wow. 
And if I remember correctly, Luxembourg is where the uh, NATO AWACT airplanes are uh, registered to. Oh, so they don't have an air force. Oh, they, interesting. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Okay. So a anyway, fun fake, a little fun yeah, that's figure. a fun fact. Because they are a member of NATO. They just don't have an air force. We get, we get people. I try to get paid there, Snakey. We get fans in Luxembourg. Okay. Uh, so anyway, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a quick break now? And uh, they can go get a glass of wine or whatever they do in Luxembourg. And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Uh, the entire gang is here, and um, we hope you come back. We'll be right back after this. We've all heard of Area 51, the U.S. government's top secret base in the Nevada desert. But have you ever heard of Area 52 or 53 or 54? 54? 54? How about Tonopah Test Range or the Navy's secret base inside the Bermuda Triangle? Find out about them and more in Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Did Richard Nixon show Jackie Gleason a crashed alien spaceship near the swamps of Florida? Is it true that more UFOs are seen over a small Scottish village than anywhere else in the world? And is there a secret place in Russia that some people think is heaven on earth? In Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, you'll visit more than a dozen top secret places around the globe. The haunted forests of New Jersey. A valley in Colorado where shadows come alive and humans can fly without wings. And where's the only secret base in America that's not been visited by UFOs? You've heard Mac talk all about these places on his radio show. Now you can read all about them yourself. That's Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Now on sale at Amazon. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks on the show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. Very quickly, we got a crowd here, so I'm going to do this as like, quick as I can. Girls, one one is here. How's that? How's that editing? Hi, Mac. Hi, girls. Okay. That's all that's needed, right? That's the important yeah. thing. You are here. Hello, ladies. And they know you're here. Coco is comfortably tonight. <laughs> oh, so. Getting into fashion. Coco is up there in his compound. Good evening, all. As always, pleasure to be on the wing, Mac. Looks like he's uh, the chicken wing. It looks like he's actually flying an airplane, which he actually did during a show. When was that, man? That, were we at the old station when you did that? Yes, I yeah. believe it was. And it was kind of a neat thing because it was on a test flight, and we had it, it was right over where Marconi had sent the first signal. That's where we, the test was sent in the South Cape Cod area. Yes, right. Where he had uh, shot his first signal over to England uh, with radio waves. Hmm. And I remember uh, Emily, our good friend Emily, said, isn't that against the law? And we were like, ixnay, ixnay. Ixnay on the law, <laughs> eh? Anyway. Uh, also up there in uh, Battle Creek, Michigan, a national correspondent, Switchblade Steve, is with us. Switch. It is great to be here tonight, Mac. Okay. All right. It says in the background, the blob, it eats you alive, right? Is that the— Yeah, we're pretty sure that was the movie that— uh, but These are just some drive-in movies. To the drive All, right. Yeah. All right. Here's some trivia. Who, who was the, the blob is some superstar's first movie. Who was it? Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen. Yeah, Steve McQueen. Kind of a cool movie. I didn't know that. Yeah. Really? And, and who was that? And also— he Who's did not girlfriend? take residuals. He took straight cash, and he hated himself for all those years because he, he got a very small payout for that movie. Such a huge <laughs> Who success. knew a movie called The Blob wouldn't be paying royalties? So what you say, Switchy, what happened to him? Who else uh, the, uh, Well, the, uh, uh, there's a, the lady in it yes. that played opposite him yes. with somebody's girlfriend in uh, The Andy Griffith Show. Oh, really? Yeah? Oh, wow. Was Barney, Barney Fife's girlfriend? No, nope. Andy Griffith. Andy Griffith. Oh, really? Melon. Yeah, her oh. name on the show was Helen. 
Helen. Oh, yeah, the school teacher. Right. Okay. Helen you Crump. Know, you know, Barney Fife's girlfriend just passed away. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Like she today, sure did. yesterday? Yeah. Thelma Lou. I'm in 95 or something? I'm in 17. 95. <laughs> Raven is literally going to sleep, so let's move on. <laughs> First of all, UFO mechanic Al Ronaldo is here in the studio with us. Good evening, Mac. Good evening, all. I wish you brought your gun now because Bob is lurking. Bob the ghost. Why, we shoot ourselves? I don't know. Yeah, we shoot ourselves and scare us so much. Anyway. Al Ronaldo is here. Our you don't want to shoot Bob. No, we're not going to. The bullets will go right through him. Uh, no, you're kidding. Our uh, security uh, agent is with us. Willie Club, Willie, how are I'm you I'm an agent now. Huh? I don't know. What are you? See, chief, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a security chief. Chief, sorry. That's right. He's That's what chief. it says on my paycheck. Okay. Sorry, right. you got a demotion, but I think no, it was don't just say a that. You know, somebody who lost their virginity at a drive-in, you're awfully crabby. In a Corvair, of all things. Hey, the seats well, go you're down. Just, you're just jealous. Yes, of course guys they are. Are like You know how many Corvairs I've owned? I mean, seriously. Yeah? Oh, God. How many? 20. Do I have to ask you now how many times have you done it in a Corvair? Where do we How do we get to I was never really going in the Corvair was, I had Porsches at the time. Okay, well, there you go. So in other words, when he went to the driver, you tried taking. A, <laughs> he had to take it outside. Yeah. <laughs> good thing, good thing no my wife is only like five foot four. Okay, so here we go. Short. Right. No room in the Mustang either. Sure she'll be glad to have. We mentioned her on the show. <laughs> Jocko Johnson is with us. He's a cop, ex-cop, former cop, former hero. Jocko, how are you doing? How are you, Mac? Glad to be on the roll call. Hey, Jocko, when you were uh, uh, on the job, how many times did you not, you know, hit the nightstick against the window to uh, break up something like uh, what Club yeah. is doing? Those Corvairs. <laughs> no, I hear a bit of jealousy really, from, I, uh, from I my pilot right. there. My business. I don't want to get in the middle of that kind of stuff. There you go, man. That's the kind of cop I like. Okay. Hey, listen, you have a trace. It happened a lot, though, up in Lowell. Too much other stuff. Those guys are just like creeps, got nothing else to do. Got nothing else to do. That's why you go to a drive in. It's private. Right. Exactly. That's very intimate. What a nice setting. Especially if you go in the trunk. You and 250 other cars. What an intimate setting. Actually, we're all doing the same thing. Okay. Truly, romance is not dead. Actually, Tucker Boulevard Lowell is pretty decent. The Boulevard. Everybody went to the Boulevard. Yeah, but he had the Red Room at the Porsche Hotel. Raven. I tried to stop them and I couldn't. Okay, so let me introduce uh, for our good friend up there in Upstate New York, Raven. How are you doing, Raven? Hi, my friends. I'm doing so good. Really, Thank you for having me. But you don't want to hear a bunch of people like us drunk and going down memory lane. It's gonna be boring for a kid like you. She loves it. She, she, I mean, don't let her. Don't talk. She can talk. I. I have my own story of bumping uglies in a car. So oh, there you go. it's just crazy and oh, to talk about. That's our girl. Ronnie's jumping through the screen. Hey, listen. Boy, that's, that's a Mac after dark. She belongs <laughs> here. She really belongs here. See? Hey, I, I, I butted the bread there, pal. Okay. Mac after dark. Interesting choice of words there, Mac. You are truly a word master. Hang on. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> let's, 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 I've introduced everyone, have I? Yes, thank God. Okay. Close enough. We got to go to switch. I can tell he's nervous because this is the biggest skew of the show. People want to know what he had for breakfast today. So, switch officially. Tell us what did you have for breakfast today? Ooh. Well, I was thinking about just having you know a couple eggs, maybe <coughs> sausage, boring, <clears throat> and yes. coffee. Go ahead. But I thought I would go for the full Monty today. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I had <clears throat> uh, fried beef steak and eggs. <laughs> yes. Eggs over easy. Hash browns. Yes. White toast. Uh, black coffee and water. Wow, huh? At Denny's? Yes. Denny's, yeah. Did you wow. bring a photographer with you to Denny's to Did, shoot that background? No, no, this is something I got off, uh, you know, it's a little bit too professional. Gotcha. For, yes, wow, for, huh? 
I mean, I wouldn't put it past you, but I, I don't oh, know okay. what some of that stuff is on there. Why don't you put that on far, TikTok? How far is Denny from your house, which I mean, how long does it take you to get there? No, just a few minutes. A few minutes. Any jogs over? Yeah, like really drive, you know. Just, do, no. they, do they still have moons over Miami? Moons over Miami. Um, wants to know. Probably not. I, I, uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Can I understand why uh, Zeppelin's making noise in the background? <laughs> oh, yeah, we're talking about Waffle House. Don't go to the Waffle Sorry, but don't anybody go to the Waffle House. That's awful, but it's inevitable. Listen, I like the Waffle House. You might yeah, just yes, go, go in. Just don't Just pretty. Don't. Hand anything back to the waitress, right. apparently, if you're See, in, uh, in Atlanta. <laughs> I was no, doing a trade show in Atlanta, Georgia. Waffle Houses are everywhere. Yes. Well, 24 yeah. 7. 24 yeah. 7. Right. Yeah. You know, there's a. Uh, they give you. Just relax. There's an emergency preparedness uh, theory plan that is surrounded about Waffle House. Yes. When Waffle House knows that there's a big storm coming, they yes. order up a bunch of things uh, for supplies. Oh. They get their generators online and they activate a. I mean, Waffle Houses are amazing. There, there used to be 471 in Florida. I, I've lost count because right. I don't live on it anymore. Corner. Imagine that. Hold on. Um, they never close. Close. I, hit, I hit those places with my kids all the time when they were growing up because yeah. it was the only place that if they made noise, it, it didn't even come close to the, the rust right. the din that was going on in the place. It was, yeah. They would sit there amazed that other people could act that way at the table and, and their dad wasn't yelling at them. You can hardly, hardly hear the gunshots. There's so much noise. But oh. the, uh, the, yeah, a lot of people have studied how they do that because when they get hit by a storm, if one of the if one of the stores gets knocked out while they're trying to get back online, yes. other stores uh, mutually support what's going on in customers and they move stuff around. It's like been studied by a lot of uh, disaster preparedness folks. Wow. Yeah. Good for Waffle House. Holy cow. Waffle House, man. They rock. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they close. You're screwed. You know it. It's awful. Yeah. It's like, this guy on the Weather Channel who, I forget his yeah. name, but he, whenever he shows up, you know. Jim Cantori. That's it. You're screwed. That the biggest hurricane in the world that they send out him. Yeah. That's it. You know. Yeah, he goes to Waffle. He goes to the Waffle House. He, 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 he showed up down Plum Island once and people were like, oh, we got to get out. We have to evacuate. He Just actually did a, he did a commercial one time for the Weather Channel. And it showed him. It says, oh, Jim Cantore's going on vacation. Yeah. So he went to some beach in, like, South Carolina. Yeah. Beautiful sunny day. And as soon as the people saw him walk on the beach, everybody started screaming and running. <laughs> and he's, by the end of it, he's the only person on the beach. And he's like, wow, what happened? Wow, Mr. Popularity. That's, yeah. that's how he, bad a reputation he yeah, has. Yeah, right. Oh, listen. Yeah, hopefully, we'll never see him again. But he did show up down the yep. center once, and people kind of freaked out. Um, so anyway, we got a, we get a, uh, we get a lot of fan mail. And um, this, was, this one is a little bit different, so... My agent suggested that, you know, we read it on the air. You know, we when we get together to do the show, you know, I don't want to go crazy here, but, you know, it's just an excuse to have a party. Would you say this is basically, you know, yeah. run the radio, just kind of having a party. But it's, so it's interesting to know what people outside think of it. So anyway, here we go. Uh, Dan Mac, I listened in astonishment as you read out my email on the show. I heard that someone from Hartford, UK, had emailed, and I first wondered who in our little village was listening, and then I realized it was me. I made the children get out of bed and listen to my two minutes of fame. Anyway, I decided to venture on to, uh, into the world of books and authored, authored by your good self and my what a vast world it is, where does one start? Now, I have to remind people that in his previous letter, he said that he had heard the show and ordered Gary Olson's book and some other guest book. But he hadn't got around to my books yet. Okay, so this is a little bit of a makeup here, right? Wow. Okay. Um, so, uh, and so Amazon it is, and he's awaiting delivery for a couple books. Okay. Now here we go. More seriously, I'd like to add that having served my clinical practice for almost two years in a COVID treatment unit, it was often only your podcast and the entertaining distraction that got me through some very dark and disheartening days. I can never thank you enough, you and the posse enough 
for that lifeline. I'm sure I'm not the only one. Okay, we should please. Wow. Yeah, that's an amazing well, letter. It's kind of nice. Keep up the good work, it says. Okay. And his, oh, this is a real dude, Dr. Sean Pace. Yeah, he's a Sean Pace. So I've asked him, can he get us a marijuana prescription? He's looking into it, one one. So, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Tough. And we can, I'm assuming all of us are welcome to stay at his home you when bet. we come to visit. Yes. yes. But this is like an open invitation. Yes. It sounds like right. it. And he's a doctor. He can you follow up on that, Ray? really need to do sure? it at the same time, too, to really give him the full uh, experience. <laughs> it really yeah, should exactly. be all of us at the same time. That's what the Winnebago is for. All of at the same time. I'm just going to let him take care of airfare. Yes, yeah, I mean, if one person buys all of it, that's so much easier. Than, it's easier, you know, it's easier at the people. airport, easier at security. Okay. I really, I think the real, uh, the, the f finishing point would be to put Ross at this point, man, on this. He would be the uh, guy. We get a chance to get Ross on this. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a good chance now when he hears this, he's never going to listen to us again. So we should probably get over there quickly. Okay. <laughs> we could delay the broadcast <laughs> a couple of weeks. Yeah. What's the yeah. chance he lives in midsummer? No, he lives. Uh, <laughs> no. We'll all be dead by the end of the show. Don't say I'll have to look on the map where Hartford is. Hartford, the original Hartford, UK. Yeah, it was where he, he lives. We'd be dead with a lot of class. No. I'd, I'd be the only one alive because I'd have to find a killer. Die of laughter. No, don't. Come on. Dr. Sean Page. Okay, Sean Page. Okay, and uh, thank you. Dr. Very special super guest of Mac Maloney's Military X Files. Yeah, I guess. Man, good man. We appreciate it. So, anyway, so why don't we do this now? Why don't we switch to Al? Okay, Al has a little uh -oh. bit of a report. All right, so uh -oh. people, once again, we're always talking on here about like strange, not strange weapons, but like strange designs, stuff that didn't work. Kind of like airplanes, some of the airplanes that the U.S. has built, usually what they do with fighter jets is that they have two competing companies build two versions of what they want, and then they have like a, like a runoff, you know, and they actually compete against each other, and the government buys one. Oh, the good old days, Mac. Yeah, the good old days. How it used exactly. to be. And it would be worth like not just billions, but like hundreds of billions of dollars if you got the contract. But what you have to do is you have to kind of do kind of experimental stuff first to see what works and what doesn't. And that results in some pretty kind of crappy airplanes, would you say, Al? Am I pitching so, it right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's funny. A lot of what I've done some you know, reading up on here is you know, they're older planes, they're World War II or, or you know, older. Um, and in those days, they were a lot more experimental because they probably didn't realize what really couldn't work or, or what didn't work. They just sort of went at it and see see what happened. But uh, one of the things, and I, Mac was telling me about this one, which made me go look at it, is the uh, Measure Spit, which was the uh, the Spitfire that was captured by the, the Nazis, fully, pretty much intact. And uh, they took that plane back to Germany, and they put a, uh, a Daimler Benz engine in it, which was what they had in their Measure Spit, which was a much more powerful engine. So they had to redesign the whole nose of the, of the Spitfire. But what they ended up with was sort of a Frankenstein. So it had the German engine and a, you know, the, the Spitfire body. What it ended up being was a better plane than either the Messerschmitt or the Spitfire because it actually was right. faster. It had a higher climb rate, a higher ceiling, but it still maintained the uh, agility of a Spitfire. So that's one case where it actually worked out that they made a better plane by just chucking two planes together to see what they could come out of it. Al, if I could uh, jump in real quick on that one. Um, for the listeners, if they can, li if they take a quick run on YouTube to Mark Felton, F-E-L-T-O-N, great guy out of uh, the UK. He has a fantastic, about uh, 12, 15 minute uh, video that he has done on the Franken Spitfire. It's uh, quite a, quite a, quite an outcome on that aircraft. Yeah, I, I, I was pretty impressed, you know, considering, and this is the poor guy who uh, flew the plane. It was battle damaged hard enough. He was going to crash land it, and he thought he had landed it somewhere that was 
uh, under Allied control, but it turned right. out it wasn't. And he couldn't destroy the plane because it, it had so much battle damage. There was no fuel in it and no oil, so he couldn't light it on fire. So that's why they pretty much got it back intact, although he smashed up all the gauges. But that one. One other interesting uh, one, uh, real quick, Al, is the P 51 Mustang was a real turkey when we put in uh, the American engine when it got to England. And when the, uh, when the Brits uh, were kind of not too excited with it, they did make the Rolls Royce engine available for the Mustang. And that's what turned the Mustang into the, uh, yeah. well, considered the by many of the fighter of World War II. Did you yeah. see, not to interrupt, did you see that they're going to put Rolls Royce engines on B 52s now, too? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Extend their life for. They'll be over 110 years old when they finally stop flying these things. <laughs> what an amazing airplane. Think about that. We're talking about crummy airplanes. What an amazing airplane that can stay flying for 100 years. Okay, yeah. Con Continuously. Yeah, get your money's worth. Right? Yeah. Go ahead, please, but, Al. And then, you know, there were some airships that the, uh, you know, they tried building in the U.K., the R-100 and the R-101. And, of course, they were filling them with hydrogen. Mm. And, you know, it's just talk about an explosive thing. And, you know, they actually tried running diesel engines in those at first, but... The diesels were too damn heavy. Hmm. So, you know, they're running gasoline engines with hydrogen that's, under a thin bag. That's insane. And those things were just flying, you know, death traps. Uh, hydrogen is the most, hydrogen, uh, no, oxygen are like one of the most flammable things in the world. You know, people don't think of it like that. But yeah, but you don't want to have gasoline engines with a bag of hydrogen over you. That's insane. And, and these planes, crazy. those airships were, <laughs> they were leaking so bad because of the chafing of the bag against. The, the, the steel, the steel yeah. uh, structure, the aluminum structure. Yeah, yeah. But they, they didn't know. They, like, the first time they took one apart because they were having a hard time uh, keeping it at altitude. It kept wanting to come down. And they kept jettisoning weight like water and yeah, ballast. Yeah, sure. So uh, when they took it apart the first time, there were like 157 holes oh, in the bladder. Oh, wow. So it's like the thing, talk about, if it was a boat, it would have been on the bottom. Yeah, that wasn't in the brochure. Um, sure. Go ahead. So then there was... Uh, hey, maybe if, I don't mean to interrupt, but I just wanted to ask Cobra if you could tell us for fact-finding, didn't we, uh, the United States, have like the lock on helium and we just wouldn't export yeah, it? Yeah, it was? Na yeah, yeah, natural helium comes yeah, out of they could, uh, they a, cave, a couple of caves in Arkansas and we've controlled the world helium. Yeah. Uh, you can chemically make helium, but it's very expensive. Yeah. Big, big yeah, helium. That's why, they, use well, that's why the, Hinden, the Hindenburg went up because yeah. that was helium. Yeah. Well, helium, I, sorry, I am going to uh, throw. I, I want to throw a small correction because it always comes around the Hindenburg. Yes, the hydrogen was was flammable. What really set the Hindenburg on fire was the outside finish that they used on it. It yeah, was okay. a it was a highly uh, combustible material. So huh. they basically had wrapped the uh, the, uh, the Graf Zeppelin. And the striker of a match is what caused that to right. go up the right. way it did. Yeah, a helium, a correction, a hydrogen does not burn as catastrophically as you see it on the Hindenburg. That's why. Right. That, yeah, that was the, the skin. The shell in. Whatever they, they used yeah. to harden up right. the, the outer skin. Yeah, right. Like, uh, like so, hey, Cobra, didn't they also have beamers in those planes? Was it the Messerschmitt or the Focke-Wulf? One of them had a beamer engine, didn't they? Yeah, the um, Focke-Wulf, I believe, had a BMW beamer. engine. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure it was a propeller. Nobody even knows it. Yeah. Yeah. Just say, um, but go ahead, please, Al. I'm saying, you know what BMW stands for, right? What? Bavarian Motor Works. Break my window. Boom. <laughs> go ahead. Al, Al the UFO <laughs> mechanic uh, doing comedy. Okay, the Nazis not, and I didn't know, this is something I didn't know up until a few days ago. Um, it wasn't just the Japanese that were big on suicide bombers. Yeah. Or the, suicide the, planes. Yep. Um, the Germans actually made a piloted V1. Interesting, yeah. So, you know, the guy could actually steer it into, into where he was going. Wow. And, and he had the ability in theory to bail out at the last second mm -hmm. but he could aim a v1 and that's what, what those they got like the first kind of um uh, what would you call that like not a smart well it's kind of a smart weapon the buzz bomb yeah one. yeah it was a it was yeah. a vengeance weapon like yeah, a but, cruise missile like right. a cruise missile and a fairly you know i mean they could shoot them out of germany and, and hit 
No. England, they, they were far and they'd take London. Yeah, right. But the one thing that that, the suicide part of it, finally figured out something for them that they didn't know was one third of the V1s that they, the unmanned ones that they shot at England, right. never made it. And they didn't know why they were losing one third of them. Okay. When they put people in them and started steering them, they figured out that the thrust was so high that it was shaking the thing apart and uh-huh. blowing off the, the ability to, to, to make it well, maneuver. Yeah. So they, they were cracking the things because it had so much thrust. See, they, these things were at like basically after D Day, okay, Hitler unleashed these wonder weapons. One of them was this V1 bomb, and it's like an old fashioned cruise missile. They, they'd shoot it kind of blindly into England from across France, and it, would, and it would just land and, you know, kind of randomly kill you or blow something up. So they, they actually got airplanes, airplanes used to go, you know, fight, British fighter planes would go ride next to it and kind of tip their wing and, and make it crash. Right and they here. used to shoot it down. I mean, you should shoot them down and stuff. Yeah, they were randomly killed, and they had a larger missile called the V2, which took more lives and which same thing, kind of just here it comes. If you hear it, if you don't hear it, it's going to hit you. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so these are the wonder weapons. Go ahead. And they'd, lob, they'd lob them, like, pretty much just sort of set them and then let them go. Let them and go see where they, see where they, they go. Oh, they hit London. Uh, and there was a variation of the V1 that uh, it could run at 360 miles an hour for 150 miles. And it put out 720 pounds of thrust. I mean, I think it's pretty good. And it could hold a 1,780-pound warhead. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a lot. That's a lot of bomb yeah, yeah, on the end yeah. of that thing. Yeah. And uh, so what, you get a couple more. Let's see. I, yeah, there's. Uh, you know, there were some rocket-powered ME 163s, yeah. and mm-hmm. they were incredibly fast. It was a comet. Yep. That they caught. And the thing was, though, once you lit off that rocket, yep. you couldn't stop it. Right. Really. And it only had. A few minutes of running time it was before like ten minutes most. Okay. Right, they would basically put two chemicals together, estoff and testoff, and right. they were so combustible together that they'd have to put one tank at one fire into the base and one at the other, only bring them together when it was ready for this right. thing to go. And they said they, they lost more of them by the chemicals mixing together by mistake out of leaks. Yeah, and just boom, it yeah. Would go crazy. And they said it was it was tougher to keep it from. But this thing would make up. it would make this little airplane go uh, for yeah. almost five hundred miles an hour. Is insane. Yeah, they were incredibly fast. Yeah. But a deadly. They were, yeah, they were. You were on a bomb. You were sitting on a time bomb. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And there was also a Japanese plane, that uh, a Mitsubishi plane, that um, they wanted it to be able to go twenty six hundred miles. So they basically made it a flying gas tank, mm-hmm. and no padding, no nothing for the fuel nothing. tanks. Yeah. 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 Fine. And it would um, with a with a. 1,700-pound bomb, it could go 2,000 miles. So it would go hit the United States in other right. words, right? But yeah. it, it, it had 1,100 gallons of gas in it and no shielding for the pilot. And the tanks were in the wings totally unshielded. And they said most of the pilots in the early parts of the war didn't have parachutes. And it was a really, <laughs> expensive. really horrible way to die. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Because if the thing even got nicked. Boom, you're dead. Yeah, it, it started to get caught on fire. You hey, were gonna... A lot of Japanese planes in World War II at the beginning anyway, they were very fast. And the reason they are fast is that they didn't have the armor around the pilots that, let's say, Allied airplanes had. And so what would happen is you'd have these very fast planes. The United States had, I don't want to say slow planes, but they had well-armored planes. So they made those well-armored planes more powerful. And that's all they want. You know, so anyway, hey, listen, why don't we take, thank you, Al, for that. Let's give Al, because good one, Al. he has good honey, and he's into agriculture. Hey, Mac, you know, we, we've done shows on the Nazi mega weapons and things like that. We've had experts on. Al's another expert, apparently, on uh, some of these designs. Go ahead. If just a couple of them had really been successful and they really, you know, yes. had made, made a few and deployed them properly. And came earlier, yes. If they yeah. came earlier and if they deployed they them properly. They probably won the war. 
Well, it would have right? been a tougher. It would have been a tougher war for sure. They could have had yeah. the Me Two Sixty Two jet fighter in the year in nineteen forty three, but Hitler insisted that it be a bomber instead, which it isn't. All right, it could have shot anything out of the sky. They decided. He decided. You know, it was going to be a bomber, so that set them back a year. That would have been, but see, right. we would have developed our own jet, and it would have went on for a, more, a longer, I think. But I think eventually, forth, it would have been, um, we'd been ahead anyway. But it's just amazing <clears throat> yeah. how, yep. how many cool weapons they did have. Well, they put they us they on the moon. Around. I mean, let's face it. I mean, it's not something we should be proud of, but that we brought over a lot of Nazi German scientists after the war, Operation True. Paperclip. They became the foundation of NASA, and the guy Wanover and Braun. Right who designed yeah. the Saturn rocket, which got us to the moon, was one of Hitler's scientists. I mean, that's just yeah. how history is. Oh, look, on that down note. Hey, it's okay. When I mean, they're on our side, they're our guys. There you go. Hey, Mac. You know, if, Mac yes, go, please. Um, well, just to tell you, the other I just saw, I'm sorry, you know, Mac, you Yes, go ahead. Nope. I just saw a show about that where they had the Saturn rockets and they couldn't get enough thrust because they kept piling the stages up. Yes. And Von Braun figured it out, like how to do it. What they did was, if you look at the the whole of the Saturn V when they're older and ready to go to the moon, they have these tubing wrapped around the bell at the bottom of the engine. Okay. Get out of way where the liquid oxygen and the fuel would actually, it's almost like an afterburner where he just shot it into the bottom of the rocket. Nuts, And man. it created extra thrust. I mean, it could blow, but that's why they have to like flip pull. Yes. Launch pad with so much water and it just turns to vapor. It's it, so hot. It just, he dulled like the thrust. If you look at a satin rocket, okay, which is the rocket that the men went to the moon on, look at what, what they are in and then look at the rest of the rocket. It's this enormous Empire State-sized rocket putting a little capsule into orbit. I mean, yep. that's, that's what it takes. It's kind of weird, but at some point, you know, that's, that's ballistically getting into orbit. That's how we do it. You know, space shuttle, this, right. that's your blast off. There's, there's got to be a better way, you know. Just, it's right. like that's covered wagon. Someone's going to come up with a better way to do it that isn't ballistic. It's something else anyway. Listen, why don't we do this? Maybe we can get them as a sponsor, whoever, whoever they are. Thank you, Al, for that report. We're going to take a commercial break now. And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back. Hey fans, Lois Lane here, and I think it's time for you to get some free swag from Mac Maloney's Military Exile show. We have badges, pins, bar coasters, and some very cool 3D show logos that we just can't wait to give away. Just go to MacMaloney.com and hit the contact button. Send us an email with your mailing address, and we'll ship the free swag out to you quicker than Switch can eat breakfast. That's MacMaloney.com, and hit the contact button to get your free swag today. Requests for tasteful news of one line will be handled on a case-by-case basis. Welcome back, everyone. It's Mac Maloney's Miltrex. I show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have you tonight. Very quickly, let me introduce the members of the posse. Girls, JJ is here. Hello, Mac. Hello, girls. Welcome to the show. Other girls, Coco is here. Good evening, Mac. As always, great to be on the wing. Switchblade Steve is here. Switchy. Great to be here. Okay. Our security chief, um, Willie Club, is here. Willie. Hi, Mac. Hi, folks. A- yep, it's great to be here. AKA Whitey Bulger. Uh, our, uh, the other JJ, Jocko Johnson, down there, down south somewhere. Jocko, how you doing? Hello, Jocko. Well, he said he's going in and out. We're going to assume that he's out. And also, uh, UFO mechanic Alan Aldo is here in the station. Good evening, Matt. Good evening, everyone. On Ghost Watch. And uh, saving best for last, a good friend, a favorite good witch up there in upstate New York. Raven is with us. Raven. 
Hello, my friends. Oh, she has a hat on. So you don't have a bun? Is that it? So the whole bun thing, no bun, no fun, is that's gone, right? No, it's all about uh, hats now. Hats. You know, okay. it's winter time until in, when? In New York until it's July. Officially winter. Okay. All right. So listen. Yep. <laughs> right. That that voice you heard laughing is Jago. So he's with us. Look at. We have a guest tonight, and I'm sure he's already in shock. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Preston Bennett is a famous UFO author and researcher and a famous guy. He's on a lot of TV shows. So listen, why don't we give him a round of applause, and we'll sweeten that up in post. How you doing, Preston? I'm doing good. I'm doing very good. Nice to meet all you guys. You never expected this, did you? Be, be, be honest. <laughs> you never know what to expect. There you go. Yeah, That's right. Perfect. Thanks for being on the show, Preston. Yeah, yeah it's funny. So yeah, anyway, so, so you're in uh, Southern California, right? Yep, yep. We don't have winter here. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> but you wish you did. I am right outside of L.A., and it's bright and sunny right now, 70 mm -hmm. degrees. It's nice. Nice. But listen, so how long have you been out there? Are you a, are you a native L.A. person? Uh, well, almost. I actually came from Chicago. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. My, yeah, my family moved when I was about five years old. Mm -hmm. But I rem I'm old enough to remember those Chicago winters. Yes, yeah, they're bad. Uh, but Chicago's a great town. We're all from Boston. Basically, you know, a lot of us are from Boston. People are from other places, but we're out of Boston, the Boston area. Chicago and Boston are, are a lot alike, you know? You could, there's just something about them. I love Chicago. I think Chicago's a very cool place. But anyway, you live in L.A., and I've been out that way, and the traffic, forget it. How can anybody work and survive and do anything unless you don't leave your home? Is that your secret? Because traffic out there is on, is just crazy. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm, I'm leaving L.A. because I can't take it anymore. <laughs> it <laughs> takes this? an hour to go five miles. Mm -hmm. I'm kidding. Right. What's, what is the solution to that? Because we know people who they'll go, we had someone on, they said, well, if I want to go, you know, 10 miles, I have to, not only do I have to leave like an hour beforehand, but I have to leave at a certain time of day that I can get there in an hour. And it's just basically jam us on the, on the freeways, right? So what's the solution? I mean, no one's going to walk. There's no mass transit. Is it going to be hovercraft and jets and stuff? They better think something out because the rules are breaking down. Mm -hmm. Red lights don't matter anymore. Right. Wow. So anyway, well, yeah. let's, let's get to uh, why we're here. So you've written a lot of books. How did you start writing UFO books? When and how? Um, not voluntarily, I tell you that. I hated UFOs, did not believe in them for a second, but it, it all kind of came by accident. Mm -hmm. I heard a report on the news. There was a sighting over Alaska. This is back in 1986. And I uh, thought to myself, well, this pilot that they were talking about on TV is obviously out of his mind. Yes. He's hallucinating. He's lying. Lying and hallucinating. Mm -hmm. But uh, my brother, Mark, a couple of years earlier, you know, five or so years earlier, had said he'd seen a UFO. And stupid me, I made the mistake of asking him again, because mm -hmm. before I wouldn't even listen to him, uh, my older brother, Mark, and he described a really incredible encounter. Mm -hmm. uh, he chased a UFO down the street, actually not far from where I live right now. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, I had friends, you know, Phil and Greg were with me, go talk to them if you don't believe me. So I did. And uh, yeah, they all described the same thing, metallic craft, the dome on top, colored lights, treetop level. And that broke the ice, found out I had a, several family members, friends, and co-workers who had dramatic encounters, had seen gray aliens, mm. had missing time. Mm. So, yeah, it hit home. I was not happy. <laughs> I so, was pretty upset. So so have you ever seen one yourself? Have you had any kind of experience yourself? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was not satisfied to just you know listen to people's stories or read books. Right. Uh, I was out there in the fields looking. Yep. And it took me a few years. It was 
1992, I had my first real sighting. I actually had missing time. Really? So that's, <laughs> yeah. We have that all the time, so don't worry about that. <laughs> but let me ask you this. It was, a real, it was a real shock, though. Yeah, see, one see, came right down in front of my windshield. It was a, just a small ball of light. Right, okay. Really like classic UFO, sort of an orb. Right. But it was right in front of my windshield. It, it, zoomed straight up, and that's all I remember. As you're driving, as you're driving, this thing comes down? Yep. I was on a little side street in Woodland Hills. Right. And just going like maybe five miles an hour, not even. Yep. So I came to a complete stop. Yep. And it appeared. Yep. So what do you think it was? Is it from out of space or what, what, what's going on? Because we hear the stories like this all the time. Yeah, I think they're aliens. I really do. Um, I think that's theory that best fits the evidence. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got many multiple eyewitness accounts, but they're appearing on radar. They're being photographed. These right. things have portholes. They People exist. are seeing aliens. Yeah. There's landing trace cases. There's medical effect cases. Right. They all there's can't government be wrong. documents. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of evidence. Yeah. They all can't be wrong. And all it takes is one to be right. You know what I mean? All it takes is one UFO story to be absolutely true. Then they're all true, you know, because they, that means they exist. And everyone isn't making it up and so on. And it's not hoaxes and religious affiliations or whatever. But let me ask you this, though. I've never seen one. I've never had any kind of a paranormal experience at all. I always say this on the show. Do you think there are certain people just born to kind of have them? Because everyone else has. You know, I, I, you know what I mean? Are you, are you kind of predestined to kind of mix with these things? I don't think so. I've certainly questioned people about, you know, why you? It's evenly divided between men and women, young people, old people. It's got nothing to do with race, religion, political affiliation, education. Uh, it's almost random. What I, I mean, there are some patterns. Mm -hmm. It does seem to follow families. Right. Is it, I was going to say DNA. On board. Are they in DNA? Are they in, you know, who knows what's in DNA, right? Could it be just certain people are, you know, I don't want to say are attracted to these type of things. Or these things are attracted to them, you know, and then other people, you know, are not. Yeah. I think the, le the uh, DNA thing is definitely a factor here <laughs> because they are tracking. I mean, if you're being taken on board UFO, you're seeing them repeatedly. Right. Chances are, so are your parents. So are your kids. Yes. Grandparents. Yeah. Jocko, let's start a let's start a program on that, okay? Look into the DNA, okay? All right, we'll do it. We got notebooks. We have to get a scientist, though. Okay, we'll get one. Well, don't worry about. It. We'll take care of that. <laughs> Details. So anyway, so listen. So you've written twenty six books, right? And 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 you claim to love it. Do you? Oh yeah, you do. Yeah, it's very very interesting. I mean, it gets a bit overwhelming at times. See, but once you're in, it's hard to get out. That's what they say about the mob. So it's the same thing. <laughs> But listen, so, but I know, but I can tell by your tone, okay, it's a pain in the ass, isn't it, to, to, to just start chapter one. Oh, man, here we go again, right? <laughs> well, you have to love it. No, I, I, it's really, really interesting. I think it's an important subject. Yes. You might not believe it. You might not have seen one, but I can tell you right. it is having a profound effect on society. Yes, right, right. So when does the, you know, when does the damn break? I agree with you. You know, I, I agree it's going to be one of these things, and people 500 years from now are going to go, you mean you don't know what UFOs were back then? What, what's the matter with you, you know? It's going to be something that is going to, at some point in our future, in our history, it's going to be revealed. We're going to know what they are, and... It's like, um, you know, they say, you know, in the lightning rod, before the lightning rod came around, if a light, if lightning hit your house, it was the finger of God, you were a witch, you were a devil, you're doomed, okay? Then all it took is one little piece of little thin metal strip, and, and you die, you know, and that's it, that goes away, that myth. Same thing with UFOs, you know? It's like, you know, once we find out what they are, I think everything changes. I think everything changes. It, you know, good, bad, different, who knows? But, you know, all of a sudden, yeah. we're interacting with people that aren't us. 
That's a big, yeah. big thing. I came into this field. I was really naive. I had no idea there was a cover-up, but there is. Mm -hmm. It's not speculation. It's absolutely demonstrable, easily proven. Yes. Uh, our government takes this very seriously. There was this recent disclosure by the Pentagon, which was really a joke. They know a lot more than they said. Yeah, but the fact, the fact that they actually said it, isn't, isn't that like a big, I saw that as a big, They didn't big really step. say anything. It was like uh, 25 pages and like 15 of them was just an index or <laughs> was like six. a, a cross-reference or something. Right. There was nothing in it, right? Ten, 10 pages well, they and They did use the word extraterrestrial. Index. You could tell it hurt them they, to say it. Yes. <laughs> yes. They did use it the word, painful. yes. <laughs> but but the fact they're saying it, you know, that for years they didn't say anything and they just denied it and then lied and so on and so forth. And the fact that they came out and said, okay, you know, we agree. We don't know what these things are, you know, and they never made that admission before. To me, that's a big step. Are my two yeah. uh, Pollyanna? I, I never expected them to do that. Right. right. Yeah. You notice how right after that, you know, they shut up. Right. And hope the next celebrity breakup will take it off the, right. off the news. Well, that was J-Lo and, and Ben Affleck. Where, where, yeah, where were you? Were you Japan yeah, attention? Yeah, UFOs. In the yeah, but once once right. it happens that they say this is happening, then you got to figure what – What's the the reaction of the world going to be? I mean, you know, they, they, these days. You know, I mean, you, I'd be when they when they come out and say we're not alone. We're you know we're not not alone. Right. They've been here. We know they've been here, and and they're still here. Yes. That's going to start a big, big. See, ugly I don't situation. think they make that admission. I think they well, they come out and they say here's the evidence of these things, and and we think they're from here, and so on and so forth. And then that's it. You know, right. where they walk among us or whatever. You know, it's like. We are no longer the only ones, and well, and that destroys every religion. I'm sorry, yeah. every religion goes down the drain unless you can come up with some kind of a spin on that. Right. At the very least, yeah. well, even it's going to shake some people up for sure. But polls show that later, polls people, or later, people are going to find out something's going us. on. Yeah, but well, we know mm -hmm. that aliens uh, are real fans of our cinematic culture. Yes. So what's the deal with aliens in the drive-in? Okay. All right. So anyway, so one of the books you wrote. What's the what's the official title of the book? We're talking to Preston Dennett here, famous UFO writer. What's the what's the name of the book? Yeah, UFOs at the Drive-In. Okay, one hundred true accounts. Wow. Okay. Now listen. Now now, at the Drive-In. <laughs> so what you do? What did you go to the Drive-In and research this a lot? I mean, that's just, just a strange topic, but I love it. Yeah, I mean, I never really expected to write about this, but I had a lady at my office come in, Claudia, and she found out I was a UFO researcher and described an encounter at the Paramount Drive-In. Yes. I'm like, well, what happened? She said, this, our whole family was there. UFO dropped down out of the sky, hovered right next to the screen. I'm like, really? Right next to it? She says, yep, right to the right of it. The saucer, silver, colored lights, caused complete panic and cleared the parking lot. Wow. Hundreds of people saw it. <laughs> and I thought, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm like, hmm. I'd never heard of anything like that. I that's thought it crazy. was a one-off. Right, yeah. But started to hear other cases and decided I would dig deeper. And found cases all across the U.S. Yes. And it was always the same. They would come down right over the theater. Some of these they, are really why? well documented. Why are they doing I mean, it? Just they, to kind of break our balls in a way? Are they just kind of pranking us in a way? A lot of people. Well, an interesting play. remark you make there. I just like to, uh, with Club's earlier disclosure, yeah. uh, he probably missed a great opportunity to be a UFO researcher early on in his Club, uh, can career. You, can you tell us that story again in 10 seconds? You want me to relate this personal information? Uh, Oh, okay. We already shared it with millions of people yeah, on the globe. Okay. Well, we just want to explain you? why you could have been a, a famous UFO researcher if you were engaged in another activity at the drive. Well, I was lucky if I ever saw the screen, but um, <laughs> back when I was 16, I uh, lost my virginity at a drive-in <laughs> movie. So I'm uh, I have a really strong feeling about drive-ins, and yeah. uh, but I have to admit I, I never saw any. Uh, Sorry. UFOs or aliens. I mean, maybe someone I was with might have been an alien. I didn't know it. You were detained. 
Okay, you you were you were otherwise involved in something else. Is that what you're saying? Predisposed. I know that's what you're saying. Raven, I'm sorry we should explain to you that drive-in movie is a place where a lot of people come in and park their cars and see a movie on a big screen, okay? (laughs) And drink like crazy. That's too funny. I'm not a fetus. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I have a question. Go ahead, please. How serious is Preston? They dug the food, right? They dug the food. (laughs) Those hot dogs. Yeah. Could be it. Maybe they're watching the movie. I don't think so. Falling out. Preston, I remember this. You, one of the things you talked about before. Do you think there is a competition amongst? I, I think uh, I remember you clearly stating in, an, uh, in another interview that there are alien uh, races. There's other. There, there's competing, or there's other alien groups that are involved in this. Do you think that there are some who just are trying to push the disclosure part of it? They're trying to push the uh, the uh, the the recognition that they're here. Yeah, yeah, the grays for sure. I think that's the whole thing. Why don't thing. they just land on the White House? Yeah, why don't walk? they just come right out and do it? Hey, they yeah. nearly did. 1952, they were hovering over the Capitol. And that, right. What did we do? We chased after them. Right. Tried to shoot them down. Them. <laughs> um, they probably would have landed. If you want to do you think, Go ahead. Do, you, do you think that they're – what is your explanation why they just do not make the, uh, the, 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 the grand gesture, that they do not – that they seem to always work on a kind of a – on a very strange tangent line uh, to this? Yeah, yeah, they what are. Do you they, think? They're definitely. I've heard you talk about it a little bit. They're they're clandestine. They're evasive. You know, they're coming at night. They're not showing themselves in a huge conclusive way, uh, but they're getting us bit by bit used to their presence. Mm-hmm. I think that's the whole thing behind the baby UFOs steps. The drive-in. Yep. UFOs over schoolyards. That's another bug. Yeah, they yeah yeah they show up a lot in schoolyards. It's weird too. Oh, there was the Phoenix Lights. You may remember that. that yep. was a huge display. They put on displays. Hudson Valley, there was a huge wave there. Yes, yeah, Gulf yeah. Breeze. Yeah, we Belgium, talked about that. Mexico yeah. City. Hey, Switchblade. They are getting us used to their presence. Switchblade has a question. He's raising his hand. Yes, uh, one of your books uh, has uh, 300, he- 300 healings by UFOs. And I wondered, uh, you know, uh, some, some people uh, see a fine line between the idea of angels and the, the positive aspects of UFOs where people are actually healed by these beings. But on the, and also there's, there's, there is a negative side to some of the UFO encounters. And of course, some people will sort of attach that to uh, a negative or demonic influence. How do you, how do you look at the, uh, uh, when, when you uh, research the book with all the healings done by UFOs, how do you process that in the, in the grand scheme of the UFO phenomena? Yeah, the UFO healings is an absolutely real thing. This is medical effects. People are being healed of a wide variety of conditions. It's largely suppressed in the media, which is very fear-based. This is not demons. I looked into demonology. It's not and angels either. Though I did have a contactee who was told by the greys who you thought were angels was us. Uh, but they are absolutely <laughs> healing people of a wide variety of conditions. There's some great cases with you know before and after x-rays where they've removed tumors and so forth right cured cancer i mean you but, name it hey, Jocko, i don't go ahead. think this is a nefarious evil phenomena i don't think they're here to take over our planet at all i think they're just here yeah if they were going to take over the planet they would have done it a long time ago Jocko, please Jocko. yeah you know mac i just want to say something we were talking a few weeks back about police and ufos and i had come across this uh, statement that was made just to back up what preston said by a major who wrote the final government copy of uh, the Blue Book Report. Oh, yeah. And when he referred to Ronnie Zamora's incident, yes, it was said, he said, it was the best UFO evidence to date. This was about, I guess, whenever they ended it. Yep. Fair. But his signing was in 1964. Yes, yeah, Of an excellent witness 
who did not seek any fame or fortune, and no one could deny his bona fides as he was a pillar of the community and honest and true observant. Cop. Uh, the guy was also what I didn't know about Zamora, not only being a trained police officer and observer. Yes. He also went to school and worked as an aircraft jet mechanic. Oh, yeah. So he knew his stuff. So the guy knew aircraft. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cops, <laughs> so, uh, cops and UFOs. And, and, to, and they wouldn't report see, in the Air Force. See, they back then. To get back. That's another thing. In, in, go ahead, please. Sorry. There were three or four witnesses in the community, and they never went to see them either. Yeah. So, so Preston, let me ask you this. Let me ask this question, okay, because you're the expert here. Clearly. Um, why isn't this a bigger story? Do you know what I mean? I mean, you were talking about all this evidence of all the strange stuff that is going on. Like you brought up the Hudson lights, okay? The Hudson River lights, all right? Which were just like these thousands and thousands of people saw these massive UFOs flying over the Hudson River way back in the 80s. Yet people have written books about it. You had thousands of, of witnesses. Yet it's not like the biggest story in the world. To me, it should be the biggest story in the world. And, and, and these people who are cured by things and all these strange stories we hear. It, it, you know, what's it take for the media? See, I think that people want to hear about these things. I think if you were on CNN and you did like a paranormal 15 minutes at noon every time, you'd have thousands. You'd, that, that would be big. People love this stuff. They love hearing about it. So why isn't it a big yeah. media story? Why, why, why do they avoid it? Why do they put the cuckoo factor on it all the time? Yeah, there is a couple of reasons, I think. It is a big story. There's always a UFO show on TV. It's the second most popular subject on the internet next to sex. This is a big story, but it's being vigorously suppressed and covered up. Mm -hmm. Our government is spending your tax dollars, right. an enormous amount of time, money, and energy to make UFO witnesses look like liars. Well, they've done, yeah, they've hoaxers, done it for years. Yes, right. You know, drug users. Yeah. This, this is their policy from the beginning. If you see a UFO, it's either a hoax, a hallucination, or a misperception. Right. Right. And that's they but will see, do anything. This is what the whole Condon committee was about. Right. They changed that whole thing. The CIA got involved and then they said, hey, listen, you know, if we see if, if they if these people are seeing stuff in the air, it might be our own secret weapon. So if you if if we have flying something, put put in and people see UFOs, just put a lot of these uh, stories in the paper. Back then papers weren't linked like they are now. You know, that these people are kind of kooky and so on, and, and that, that that ridicule factor is still around with us. It's kind of strange that it has stuck with us. But people are very reluctant to come forward and talk about stuff because they think that they're going to be ridiculed, and a lot of times they are. It's always kind of like the ha-ha the moment on the news, you know? Yeah, but it's changing. I mean, we've had President Jimmy Carter went forth. We've had presidents. We've had governors. Right. Uh, senators, representatives, uh, military officers from every single rank. Talk to a bunch of people within the military, Navy officers, mm -hmm. uh, really high-ranking people with trained observers. Right. Uh, so absolutely, the cover-up is leaking like a sieve, but it's still there. Mm -hmm. in, in in why are they covering it up? I mean, what's your theory? Is that 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 civilization would be doomed once they tell us the news? No, I don't think it's that. I think it's really comes down to greed, power, corruption. Mm -hmm. uh, if you look into this account, we have. You know, cases like Roswell, UFO crashes, crash retrievals. It's not just Roswell. There's a bunch of them. We have the UFO hardware. We have this technology. It's in okay. military hands, Let and just, they're covering it up. Okay, can I just be the devil's advocate here there for a second? If that's yeah. true, okay, and we ask this question all the time, okay, if that's true that they have this technology that, you know, can go out of, in, out of space with the snap of your finger, do what UFOs do, why would they go through all the time and the expense 
and the money to launch the space shuttle, which was like launching a dump truck into orbit. Why go through all that that old-fashioned way? Why take the covered wagon across the country when you can take the vet? You know what I mean? Who's holding the technology back, keeping us back? Wouldn't they, you're talking about greed and stuff. Wouldn't they be making tons of money if you had an anti-grav device, man, and make Bezos look yeah. like a... <laughs> they have all the money they need. There's a huge black budget. The mm -hmm. whole space program is really a whitewash. And they are taking this stuff and doing all kinds of things. It's just not publicly revealed. Mm -hmm. The only reason we have any hint of it is from whistleblowers. Right. Uh, so we don't have the hard evidence <laughs> in the public arena. Yes. Uh, but it's clear this is going on. Steve, what? Switchy, go. Yeah, yeah from uh, one of Preston's books, uh, Not From Here, Selected UFO Articles, Volume 3. There's an interesting chapter on UFOs and Ouija boards. Yes. Could you talk about that a little bit? We talk about we, 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 we mean, have After all, some of the messages that come through and seriously are pretty odd or contradictory or even silly. Yes. But uh, and, and sometimes the, the message is delivered in a certain way. Are any of the messages that come through Ouija boards possibly legitimately from another intelligence? Uh, yeah, it looks like it. This wasn't something I really wanted to look into, but I enjoy looking at the more bizarre sort of outlying type cases. Okay. And I heard of a case from Frank Salisbury, a biologist from Utah, who had a case where the children were using a Ouija board. Uh -oh. and the intelligence claimed to be aliens, and that they would show up the next day over the Roosevelt Hospital, uh -huh. which they did. Wow. And it was witnessed uh -oh. by several people. Wow. And, was, and uh, so I... Yeah, I started see, looking for cases and found a bunch of them. See, Frank Raven? Salisbury is the guy that wrote the Utah UFO display, which was kind of laid kind of the groundwork for a lot of the Skinwalker Ranch uh, phenomena. Right. Exactly. Yeah, he was a scientist, one of the few scientists at that time to look into this. It was James McDonald, J. Allen Hynek, yes. yep. Frank Salisbury, Leo Sprinkle, just a few of them. Raven. They got ridiculed badly. Hey, Raven, it's not, it's not just you who had that uh, little uh, yes. situation with the Ouija board when you were younger, right? It's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to a lot of people. We, we're good friends, as it turns out, with the guy who owns the company that makes Ouija boards. Okay, so he's on every once in a while defending the Ouija board. But here's the thing, okay? We only have another minute to go here, Preston. And then we'll let you go mercifully, right? Don't you? Why Why don't? We should keep him. I don't. Uh, he can, if you want to hang with us, he probably doesn't. He's shaking his head. He's 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 sleeping with me with his eyelids. Get me out of here. <laughs> Why can't we get any kind of betting information from the paranormal? Okay, why can't we, we – we talk about this on the show all the time. We talk to people who can see the future, do this, do that, but we cannot get from them any kind of tip, any kind of – It's you, Mac, that talks about this all the time, trying to get the insight. No, Juan Juan has the, been in on these conversations as well. And so does JJ, it. the other JJ. So, so why don't we get – why do the paranormal buy that one piece of information and they're open with everything else? I don't know. I do know some people who have dreamt of lottery numbers and played and did win. Not big. But, not, uh, not big. Then what's, <laughs> you never hear of the dreams that they have with wrong lottery numbers, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, I don't know. No? I couldn't okay. tell you. Perhaps this, there's a rule out there. The next um, book. <laughs> but that is technically we... still a premonition. Even if yeah. they're wrong lottery numbers, they yeah. know what are wrong. Yeah, but what's... <laughs> Prime directive. Anyway. Mac, before uh, Go ahead. Preston leaves, I do want to get... Uh, just to hear a little bit more about the drive-in movies. Yes, right. Where can the, we get that book? hundred encounters. Are there any personal encounters that people have had? I mean, are they sitting in their automobile and all of a sudden something walks up next to the vehicle? Or just curious about what type of encounters other than just the appearance next to a, you know the movie screen? 
Yeah, these are almost exclusively sightings as we would think of it, close encounters of the first kind or second kind, you know, where they affect the environment and they have turned off the movie or affected the electricity in a few mm -hmm. cases. Oh. Close encounters of the third kind would be meeting entities. Right. But there's also something called close encounters of the fifth kind where you call down UFOs using lights and so forth, meditation. Yep. And technically you could categorize all of these as close encounters of the fifth kind because they're right. clearly attracted to the activities we're doing with these drive-in theaters. Right. I'm not sure what it is, the huge screens, maybe the beams of light, all the cars. But I, they think, are uh, I think Club has a pretty good idea of an activity that might be attractive. <laughs> well, it concerns me when I hear about this because, you know, drive-ins are still around today. Right. We got a lot. up right. in Maine. And, uh, yeah. so, uh, hey, they're yeah, cutting up modern you, cases, by the way. You do. That's right. a, that was the other thing. You, you do have uh, okay. current... Uh, they're cutting up yeah, cows, right? right? back to 1950, but it's still continuing all the way up to 2019, I think, is the most recent case I could find. Do you know what genre of movie was maybe most attractive to... Aliens, horror yeah. movies, comedy, uh, Bugs Bunny cartoons. Oh, Sci-fi <laughs> movies, of course. <laughs> yeah, I looked into that. Exorcist, right. uh, see, Jurassic see. Park, oh, Simpsons wow. movie. They're like us. Jesse Wales. <laughs> <Publishing>. <laughs> there's a theme. They're all Makes good sense. movies. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. What do you have uh, on the queued up for the next project? What's I know the next you must part? be working on something. Oh, yeah. I'm working with this lady in Florida who's a fully conscious contactee. A lot of people have memory problems. Yes. She remembers everything that's happening to her. Uh, has had contact since age 14, being taken on board. Wow. Uh, yeah, her experiences are more extensive than probably anyone else I've ever talked to. Huh. And how do you verify that, though? I mean, how do you make sure that that's the truth? She called down a UFO for me. That was one really good way. I've had that, that happen. That would get the point across. What are you doing? Switchy. Switch. Go ahead. Uh, switch. Just one more. I just wanted to. Give a shout out his uh, book, Schoolyard UFO Encounters. Mm. Preston, the one that always blew me away was the Westall High School in Melbourne, Australia. The number of witnesses, and I heard a lot of these children when they were growing up on a, on a show one time uh, interviewed, yep. and this is just a mind-blowing experience where yep. all these, these uh, children and adults saw uh, all these UFOs landing and passing over the, uh, the schoolyard. Right. Yep. It's absolutely a thing. They're targeting schoolyards, mostly elementary schools, by the way. <laughs> yes. But uh, all oh. of them, high, high schools, junior high, colleges even, yep. lots of famous cases. But I found over 100. This, well, um, this is the thing. We've good, Preston, we've... Preston, did you at one time give tours of different places like that in New Mexico or different places? Am I thinking of the right person? I don't want to confuse you with somebody else. But um, I've spoken all across the Western And I used to have like, a lot of stuff with indigenous peoples and you know American Indians and different things. Was that you? Was that you? I remember hearing somebody on a on coast to That's coast okay. on one of the other shows. I'm sorry. It's possible. I have interviewed some indigenous people. Yeah, it was great they... stuff is why I'm asking. They just have some knowledge about it all. So listen, so um, thank you for joining us tonight, Preston, okay? Thank you for joining us tonight and taking your time out of your busy schedule out there in Southern California. So what, are you going to go surf now? Going to go surf? I just might, Can I ask him one thing? Yeah, go ahead, please, Al. Preston, we, you know, we grew up, Mac and I, in, in this generally a Boston kind of area. Watch it. Now, we, um, you know, whenever we, especially me as a kid, whenever I heard of UFO stuff, it was always Roswell, it was always Arizona, it was always out know, there. miles and miles and miles away. And then all of a sudden, one day, they did the incident at Exeter, it's, which, you know... Um, which is where we are. Which I, we, we are sitting in Exeter right Exeter now on a radio station. Yeah. But you know, I lived, I don't know, half 20, hour 20, away. A half hour away. Yep. So to me, as a kid, you know, you know, reading all this UFO stuff, all this Roswell, all this other stuff going on, was like so cool, but it was so far away. It was another, it could have been the other part of the world. Something that's in your backyard. Yeah. Now yeah. all of a sudden, there's something going on right here. Yeah, yeah. And I can't it's in Exeter, that. New Hampshire, of all places. 
And um, st- I was so impressed. I mean, I was like, it's a sleepy wow. little town. Yeah, I think this, you could say. Exeter, New Hampshire was tiny. This is about walking distance from the studio. Right. Well, yeah. was, Wait, really? Like, this is Michigan, in the studio. Uh, in uh, March of 66. Yes. The swamp gas sightings were pretty much in my backyard, too. Yes. And, and Dr. Heineck showed up, and we were watching him at the press conference on TV yep. in real time. You know, is it, hey, it, listen, uh, Preston, you've been on a number of these TV shows, right? These TV series and so on? Yeah. Yeah. How do they sure treat has. you? How do they treat you? They give you your own trailer, fly you out? Oh, sometimes. Once yeah. I got paid literally a bag of peanuts and a can of water. Um, <laughs> they gave you water too, huh? Oh, wow. Okay, cool. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it all depends. But it, but it um, helps the book sales and stuff. I mean, you're getting out there, right? Getting your name around. It helps. It's got to, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoy doing it. I love talking about the subject. And yeah. like I said, I think it's important. Yeah, it this is important. Is, we're right. not going away. I think we're moving towards open official contact at some point. How, when? It's like science fiction, but when, just you when, wait. When? 10 years? Within 10 years? Within five years? Uh, I couldn't predict with any accuracy, but it wouldn't surprise me a bit if it's within our generation. Yeah, that'd be cool, man. I'd re- everyone, I sure would, hope so. I would want to people, along with a lot of people, want to know what the hell is going on, really. Thank yeah, you. I hope to be alive Preston. when it happens. Preston, yeah. you know, the, the bottom line is that whatever UFOs are, they act completely independently of all of our belief systems. Right. So it behooves us to listen to the people that are having the experiences and try and assess that. From that standpoint, good points. Yeah. There's a lot of them. Yep. Let's give let's give Switch and Preston a round of applause, please. Let's <laughs> well, take a bow, Preston. Thank you, both of you. Take a bow. <laughs> now, Preston doesn't have a hair system. Let me just talk to you about that, right? Switch is accused of having a hair system. Now, should we ask a person without a hair system whether you have a system, Steve? Look at that. Look at that. Uh, look at his hair there. <laughs> what do you say? Just give us a thumbs up and thumbs down. Do you think it's a system? Do you think it's natural? <laughs> You're a I'm researcher. There. Yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> I got to tell you, he pays a lot for it. So Here's a man who is brave, who is brave, one of the most difficult <gasps> subjects Come known to civilization. He's talking he about your phone. Your hair. <laughs> he will not go anywhere near your hair, even in a virtual setting. He's a smart All guy. I can yeah. tell you is, I'm smart inspired man. when I watch William Shatner playing yes. T.J. Hooker on TV. Yeah, well, then you <laughs> go. Take my eyes perm, off that, yeah. whatever that is. Say no more. Thank you very much, Preston, for joining us. We really appreciate it. And Thank you, uh, just go on Amazon and get your books, right? Is that an easy way of saying it? Yep. Preston yep. Dennett. Appreciate okay. it. Thanks Thank very you, much. sir. Thank you. Excellent. So, yep. why don't we do this? Why don't we take a commercial break now? And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's uh, Military X Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Let's remind everybody that they can go to macmaloney.com, hit the contact button, and we'll send you a bag of swag, okay? Pins and badges decals, and also cool bar coasters. So, hey, stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. We've all heard of Area 51, the U.S. government's top secret base in the Nevada desert. But have you ever heard of Area 52 or 53 or 54? 54? 54? How about Tonopar Test Range or the Navy's secret base inside the Bermuda Triangle? Find out about them and more in Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Did Richard Nixon show Jackie Gleason a crashed alien spaceship near the swamps of Florida? Is it true that more UFOs are seen over a small Scottish village than anywhere else in the world? And is there a secret place in Russia that some people think is heaven on earth? In Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, you'll visit more than a dozen top secret places around the globe. The haunted forests of New Jersey. 
A valley in Colorado where shadows come alive and humans can fly without wings. And where's the only secret base in America that's not been visited by UFOs? You've heard Mac talk all about these places on his radio show. Now you can read all about them yourself. That's Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Now on sale at Amazon. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney, one of the show. You guys predicted that we'd be hot and heavy tonight. We're both hot and heavy, would you say? I would say. I listen. Definitely. Girls, the very famous JJ is here. That's a Coke that you hear opening up in the background. <laughs> Hello, Mac. Glad to be here. Glad to be anywhere, as a matter of okay. fact. Good. Good for you. Okay. You got a red shirt on. What, what's going on? You're sitting out it's, your first year of college? Oh, red. Wow. Oh, wow. Talk about jumping on the bandwagon. I'm on, I'm on the bandwagon. I am washing and waxing the bandwagon. Oh, jeez. <laughs> up there in Checking his, the air in the tires. Up there in his compound. Boy, you're easy there, dude. You really, you, you really are. <laughs> I was off the bandwagon all season. <laughs> right. Yes. That I believe. That much I believe. <laughs> um, so what, you're off the Patriots? But now, you're, now are you on the Patriots bandwagon as well? Can you be on, be on Yeah, two? they suck. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. I can't. Wow. I can't, even wa- I can't even waste my time oh. watching that. See, my, my wife is on the uh, the, the Buccaneers now. She, the, she loves Tom Brady and Gronk. Well, who doesn't, right? You know? Yeah. Up there in his bunker, okay, uh, dressed for work, is our good friend, Commander Cobra, Coco. Good evening, gentlemen and lady. Always a pleasure to be on the link. Wow. Good to see you, good to see you Commander, and uh, thank you for your service, by the way. Yes. And you, yours as well, sir. Yes. You. yes. You're welcome. Ditto, ditto that, do that boys. Ditto. Okay. Uh, Al Renato, UFO mechanic, is in the uh, in the house tonight. Good now. evening, everyone. Also, JJ is with us. Jocko Johnson. I know we're hey, going guys. around the Brady Bunch. Hey, Jocko. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Switchblade Steve is with us. Switchy. <laughs> After all that, he gives us a thumbs up. Wow. Thumbs up. Wow. Okay. Switchy says he's he took a train wreck picture up already. Yeah, Great nice. to be here. Nice. Great to be here, folks. Switchy. And also, uh, Willie Club is with us, our security chief. Hi, folks. Great to be here. Looking Great dapper. Far outside your house, so someone's getting a, do a warrant. What's no, going on? Dapper as that's, usual. That's my uh, my television set on the wall. Oh, there you go. See There's the a game on. going on. All right. Hang on, please. <laughs> you have to keep that top secret. Uh, also with us, putting up with us for some reason, and the clock is tick-tocking on the wall, the cat, Raven, is with us. Raven, how are you? Hello. Hey, Raven. I'm good. Eight days a week, right? No, this is, I I switched to my (laughs) green (laughs) ale, lemon, strawberry. Oh, that's, you know. it's the bomb diggity. But but really, you can't expect guys. I just heard this really bad. Look at all that. Look at all that head. Wait a minute. Hang on. Listen. So if you went in a bar and a guy ordered that, wouldn't you think he was a little, you know what I mean? Swishy. Well, fun. Swishy, as the kids say. Fruity, didn't say switchy. Fruity. Yes and no. She's giving thumbs one, up. One, one, yeah. furiously writing down notes okay. as, uh, as Raven talks. I am keeping my mouth shut okay. about head. When, right, when the guy see. said sex or UFOs are the biggest thing on UFOs. There you go, right. Internet. You see, one, one was like, oh, yeah. 
One one <laughs> had that face. He had that yeah. face that you used to see with a lot of perps. <laughs> I face he had. Right wow. I caught it right away. I didn't do it. Not one me. one's thinking, oh, maybe he knows that site that has pornography <laughs> and UFOs. Really? At the same time. Yeah, oh, yeah. it was all over his face. Really? Alien porn. Sorry. Oh, I saw it. I mean, with those with those teardrop glasses he's got on tonight, I practically could see stuff reflecting up his glasses. Come on, it was Wow, me out, huh? What happened here? Alien Google, porn you know, is the best. You know your address. They're in your memory book. We got to feed in, the cats. Yeah. It's in my favorites. Yeah, there awesome. you go. <laughs> so, Raven, let's get back to you, the normal peaceful. Oh man, how's the how's the cat on the on the wall there? We uh, talked about him uh, last week. Still working, right? Yeah, I'm moving. Yeah, still got it the pisses tail. Me off. Why? <laughs> because it's finally working. It didn't work for a year, right? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Didn't work okay. for a year. I yes. wanted it in my kitchen because I thought it would look super cute. Go ahead. That's where my, my aunt had one just like that, but it was sure. Yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah, like and um didn't work. I tried replacing batteries. I tried to replace the entire clock. Apparently you have to pay for uh replacing the clock. No, so it's like, well, I might as well just buy a new clock then. Right. Now, here's what you Thank, do. You go Thanks for nothing. Whoa. Here's Whoa. what you do, Raven. You gotta go to <laughs> Another like Hobby signal. Lobby Jeez. or Michael's or AC More, one of those places that right. sell. The little square quartz movements for like five bucks. You just throw it in with one battery, stick the hands back on. It's good as no. There yeah, you but, go. yeah, but the tail won't move. How about the tail? Oh, he's There's got a tail. mechanism already that he's hooked uh, into. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sounds like a little motor. Sounds complicated. Look, if, the, if the tail don't move, yeah, it's not going to be the same. <laughs> How about putting a real Probably cat like up second, there? It's if the second, tail yeah. don't move, it's not going to be the same. Wow. Hell. Well, hey, you know, I'm just saying. Send it to me. I'm saying, you know, the motion got to be there. I have to edit was, this stuff. Oh, okay, let's go. Is that written down? So the project will fail if it has no tail. We got a thing called 10 and 10. Are we ready? 10 and 10. I introduced everyone, right? Yes. Close enough. Close enough. Where we ask, where people write in questions for Coco, okay? Mostly technical questions, where he answers the 10 questions in 10 minutes. Okay, a lot of information quick. So you ready there, Coco? You look it. Yes, sir, ready. Ready to go. <laughs> okay. Hey, listen, you got quite a headset on there tonight, and it sounds good. Is that a new kind of, uh, what is this that? This is a new uh, new gizmo. This, uh, this set me back uh, 10, uh, 10 large bills right here. $10? $10. Wow. $10. Really? Huh. I got to get one. It sounds great. Sounds wow. good. It does I don't sound. even have $10. That's <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> we'll, we'll take up a collection for you. Well, if you stop drinking that lemon-flavored beer, maybe we can work on something there for you. Know? Is that overpriced, too? To. Is that high <laughs> price? Like something that goes at one of those Nintendo games or something. Is that one of the? Is that what that is? I, don't know. It, I actually use this with my cell phone as well. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Looks like it's very heavy. Hi, right, listen. Text so. me the make and model of that, would you, Cobra? Because uh, I'm, I'm right on it, one, one. My God, right. before I go to bed tonight. Which, Excellent. Um, yeah, my thing is, absolutely, sir. I think they're talking and about I'll, switchies. And I'll uh, return. I'll return the text with a kiss well, you goodnight kind of uh, emoticon. <laughs> wow. Okay. How about about that? Yeah, that that ought to help TMI. my sleep tonight. Thanks. <laughs> one one. I, I won't be turning that over in my uh, in my memory bank very okay. much. All right. All right. Can we pull the state the train back on the tracks here? Because we have a thing called ten with ten. Okay, ten for ten. Ten. All right. Questions for Coco. One minute each. And Raven is the official timekeeper. Correct, Raven. Right. Okay. I'm ready whenever you are. She looks ready. More hand gestures. You know, with that hat on, what you have uh, something in the front. It looks like she's actually like a protester or something, like a samurai. Pro What's it say up the top there? What's it say? It's the beer brand. What's beer tree. Oh, beer tree. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I, road I trip am up a there. protester, in case anyone was wondering, but okay. not against beer tree. What did you? Who did against you protest? Well, who did you protest? Tell us. I'm not at liberty to discuss. Oh, why? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> why? Why not? 
Why not? Tell I mean, us. I can. I'll get on my soapbox if you want. Just give us the name. Give us you the probably name. don't want to hear about it. Is it animals? Are they animals? You protested. Was um, it some PETA thing? No, I no, I don't do that. Was um, it Birkenstock? I Birkenstock I don't workers. With PETA. This is uh, <laughs> this is more companies that have done. Um, very right, marginalized, spit it out. Let's hear it. <laughs> really? very marginalized groups uh, wrong like big, that I'm not okay with. Like General Electric and BAE and those big companies? Walmart? <laughs> no, not no. those. Walmart, okay. All right. And were you out there protesting with a sign and stuff and yelling at no, people? No, I was I actually was a fetus when, when those were going on. But, you know, I'm trying to do my part now. Wow. So I, I'm, uh, I'm doing my own. That's protesting the, and boycotting where you I don't can. tell us i have to look the intel up and come back with that's the second time that word has been used in the show tonight okay 10 for 10 ready coco are you ready you're still ready ready sir okay here we go well i have the list hang on. are you reading the questions and then i'll just start the timer yeah. yep I, i'll um when i when i read so do, do we start the timer when i get through with the question Yes. Yeah. I, th I think that's yeah, only that, that seems like that would be somewhat fair, but okay. you know, it is the Mac Maloney universe. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. But Coco, you're so smart. Yeah, right. I mean, you, yeah, you can pass you know. anything. We, you know. Thanks. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. 10 and 10. Okay, ready? So I'll ask the question, and then, you know, uh, when you then start the timer, okay? All right? And we're going to hear a thing. No, hang on. No, let's. No good? Better. Better. Okay. But you have a ding on your <laughs> wow on your phone, right? Correct, Beatrice. I do. Okay, here we go. All right, here we go. Number ten, ten for ten, Coco. Here we go. Number ten. Oh, we went over this. Okay. All right, here we go. Ten for ten. Does a helicopter use more fuel when hovering? Yes, in general, it does use more fuel when it's hovering. Okay, why? And the main reason for that is because the helicopter is uh, producing all its uh, lift to counteract uh, gravity, its weight. And it doesn't get any of the uh, good aerodynamic features of when it's moving through the air. You get some efficiencies as the as the rotor moves through the air, more like an airplane. Right, right. I still, no matter what, I can never understand how a helicopter works. I just don't get it. I know the, the I know the real rotating blades are the, its wing and too complicated. Right, it's producing me. lift, which is you know basically shown as like an up arrow. And, and of course, the other critical feature is you have to stop it the fuselage from rotating on the other part of the uh, right. underneath the rotor so you have a tail rotor yes or something that's throwing thrust out to stop that or two sets of rotors on some helicopters okay you always have to have a tail that's rotor time. Right? Oh, hang on no oh. okay here we go that was long there okay that's good but i i interrupted him so number nine ready 10 for 10 for conco now this is always kind of bugged me but in a different way a bullet round travels about 1500 miles per hour some fighter jets can fly 1600 miles per hour so if you're going 1,600 miles per hour and you fire a bullet that goes 1,500 miles an hour, don't you shoot yourself down? Well, uh, technically, yay and nay. So there's two parts here. When the bullet leaves, it also leaves with the velocity of the aircraft when it goes, leaves the, uh, the, the barrel of the gun. Okay. So you have already have that airspeed. Where fighters got in trouble, especially when they started to get jets and have supersonic, they would shoot a number of rounds off, and then they would enter into a dive and get into very close transonic speed. Yeah. And then as they would come up, they'd actually fly through the plume of the bullets that they had fired out on that test dive. They had to start changing some procedures. Huh. But they were testing not so much as the accuracy, but if the gun uh, if the gun system would actually fire properly at high speed. Right. So anyway, so, so what you're saying is when the bullet leaves the plane, the plane's going 1,600 miles an hour in theory, 
Right. So when it leaves, it's already going the 1,600 miles an hour. So in addition, Correct. it's going to – wow. Huh. Hmm. But then you have all that's kinds impressive. of air friction, even on a bullet, that's going to slow it down. So you that's the reason why uh, the bullet flies a trajectory. It has a, a, as a parabolic path that goes – it comes down and it sets up itself, usually in a dive. Yes. And it could fly through that plume, and that's actually how they, they would catch each other. Okay. Wow. You're too smart, man. You just got too much knowledge. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. Here we go. Number eight. How do you do in that raven? Do you come under the wire? Good. I mean, he's answering these in, in well under 10 seconds. Oh, right. And then the explanation is, I mean, you know, his, his remaining 50 seconds. His explanation is a Netflix series. Here we go. Definitely. <laughs> in Breaking Bad. It's a, it's an elevator pitch in one minute. Okay, number eight. This has always also bugged me. Not bugged me, but I wondered. Why do some planes have steering wheels, others have control sticks? It really depends on the size of the aircraft, but what it traces back to is larger aircraft tend to have the yoke or that larger control wheel in there because they need it to actually physically leverage more power uh, through the flight control systems before they started boosting uh, the flight controls. So when they had cables. An interesting uh, sideline is that uh, the... Uh, Scale composite uh, aircraft that the Virgin took over actually used direct uh, cable systems and a lot of it. And then they went to fly-by-wire uh, later on when Virgin took over the project. Right. So that's partially the reason you want to have more physical leverage. And, of course, when you get something like the F-16, you have a very, very small stick that just doesn't even really move. Right. Movement is to give the pilot some feel. Like it a uses all stick. pressure yeah, yeah. sensors on the stick itself to, to move the flight control. Yeah, I think a C-17 actually has a control stick, and that's a pretty big airplane. That was a big change. Uh, it's got a wheel. Uh, the thing that you're thinking about, Mac, is that there is a wheel horn that moves, okay. but it has a stick that goes forward and aft uh -huh. uh, so that you don't move the whole thing oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. airplane. Funny. Okay. Um, and that and the reason you do that is the cockpit gets small. Okay. Hey, Raven, how are we doing on time? You're doing great on time. Really? Okay. Let's go. So a quick uh, freebie there, Mac. Yeah, sure. Like great on time. The E1, the bone, the, bone. the Lancer, yes. is basically a very large fighter, and it does fly with a oh, fighter-style stick yeah, on, on the Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of, the bone, the B1. Okay, here we go. Number seven. Now, after two years, now two years after the fact, you still think Susie Chang was a Chinese spy? Yes. Okay. There's no doubt in my mind about that. That's backed up by X. X and I have had uh, detailed conversations up here on the compound about that, and uh, we believe Can that you two are reliable two uh, sources uh, for Susie Chang and her uh, and okay. her gang. All right. Okay. Her uh, her tongue. <laughs> Never met her. Three years ago, two met her. Two years ago, Juan Juan and I just were innocently sitting at the bar at the Thirsty Booze. Oh no! And this attractive Chinese woman came up and engaged us in conversation. I would think and she engaged us more ways than one. All right, hang on. No, you won't go into. But no, it was no, really no. You're weird. thinking of the self. This is where the cunning linguist. Uh, no, no, oh, no, 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 oh, no, no. Oh. Listen, <laughs> you're thinking of the South Korean working person okay i'm talking about Susie chang oh. whose kid <laughs> his whose kid was in exeter academy anyway she got herself on the show and she came in and she got drunk and she had a few drinks before she came on the show she just happened to be on with the guy who, who was in the cia oh boy. <laughs> okay <laughs> and the guy is screaming at her all you people are spies basically and she's screaming i'm not a spy and in the corner 
Wow. And I'll tell you, you know who was here was X and Pistol Pete, and they saw it happen. So I said, I'm glad you guys are here. Wow. Because your witnesses, yeah, it was crazy. And then we. And, and I, I was most ecstatic that I was not there because I don't have to report that on my security clearance because that would be a lengthy two that's, or three yeah, that's page why, yeah. description of so, how I got myself in and out of that one. So and how, that's why X got back? screwed up. How do we get her back here? Well, we probably, I don't know, they probably executed I'm her. I'm sure she's listed, monitoring the show right now because oh, yeah, probably. reliable sources if are. She's that good looking. I want to see this week. lady. We turned over these two. Yeah, we turned it over to these two, X and Coco, right? Okay, <laughs> great. But when we go back and we kind of look at it, and, and when I look at the, what the reasons they told us, let's say off air, do you agree there, Wani? She was acting a little peculiar, a little it was odd. peculiar, but I thought it was all innocent. I didn't you think uh, so. Really see any? Well, that's why the that's 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 what well, they picked your him. Picture is in every spy girl school right there. This is the guy that you. This is the, the type of guy you're looking for right here. Yeah, the Come night one. It's that, too that, bad I was there. I would have got the truth out of it, and she wouldn't even. Oh, no, you would have been perfect, there, JJ. <laughs> and you know what's funny is the night she was on the show was one one's first time he's missed a show in like four years, right? Four or five right. years. Remember? Wow. So yeah, you weren't one of the uh, co-indicted, uh, you know. Conspirators. Wow. Hey, listen. Uninvited. Uninvited. Okay. okay. I probably would so, have revealed so many government secrets, you know, from my Navy career. That's you know, a they big... asked me, gee, do you hang out with uh, women who uh, act like spies? I go, oh, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> and you talking to <laughs> sleep. Susie no, Chang. I don't, don't talk in my sleep. I just I want to talk pig Latin to you. Why would I me? Let's move on. <laughs> Number six, 10 and 10 with Coco. Here we go. Start the timer right after the question. What can stay at sea longer, a nuclear submarine or a nuclear aircraft carrier? Uh, it really depends on how you set up. Both vessels are designed to stay at sea for at least under the most arduous conditions for 45 to 65 days. Then they're in a degraded kind of capability. Oh, it yeah. depends. Now, if the aircraft carrier is providing a lot of air support and burning and using material stuff, yep. um, you know, especially on the uh, in the case of maybe like, like fuel or other things of that nature. But both are considered, uh, they try for uh, crew humanitarian reasons uh, to try to get into port calls to work that okay. a little bit sooner. So um, both of them are pretty equal and they're proportioned to the size of the crews at that time. Right, right. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Okay. I would think that being on the submarine would be more difficult because okay. generally they're not surfacing when they get into that. So you don't have the ability to walk out onto a flight deck or the lower open yeah. areas, you know, get fresh air. And, yeah, yeah. And, and you have a lot less space. Switchy can uh, fill that in probably better than, than I could ever. Yeah. Uh, yes, I will, I will confirm not much space, especially on a, a little fast attack. Yeah, but but how did you take that, Switchy? It's, it's so claustrophobic. I, I, I It would buck me every second of the day, no? They, they weed you in, in uh, sub-school. They, they put you through some things where – if you're claustrophobic, you're not going to make oh, it on a sub. Really? Oh, but wow. You're, you're so, so involved in uh, standing your watch and trying to get a little bit of sleep and uh, maybe catching a movie or whatever. It's just uh, you're just too too busy to worry about it. Wow. That's, I don't know if I'd ever get that. I, I still think you have to be a special breed of cat to make yeah. that work. Yeah, I, I really do, too. Do. I would never do My hat's off to the uh, the silent service because I think they do some pretty incredible work, and you got to have your stuff together. Mm. Mac, I worked for a contract, a Navy contract. We used to reorganize uh, ship spaces when they re-overhauled them. Yeah. And the difference between, like, a Los Angeles class and an Ohio class, first of all, one was like the Waldorf and one was like a Motel 6. <laughs> and I got to tell you, those um, spaces that, on the attack subs, they yep. used every single inch. Yeah, they got it. Yeah. Space, right? yeah. And, and if you, you have these uh, has 
back on wallpaper his crew poster that posted in the subs. Yeah, that's he's tucking a code as it turns out. Yeah, I mean, the, and what, what you hey, Switchy, what you wear for for footwear? You didn't wear boots, I bet, right? Well, that, uh, I think uh, when, once you're underway, we would wear uh, uh, coveralls. Yep. Call them poopy suits poopy. and uh, tennis shoes. <laughs> oh, a tennis shoes. What a name for band, uh, man. Batting, right? The poopy I mean, suits. Once, you, know, you, didn't have to, you didn't have to wear your, even your working uniform oh. uh, underway. So it was, you know, until, until they, uh, uh, once they secured the maneuvering watch, you could get, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. coveralls. And uh, but once the uh, maneuvering watch was uh, on again, coming into port, Yep. You had to be in your dungarees. Wow. Oh, wow. Huh. Didn't have to dress up. Okay, listen. Number five. Ready? Ten on ten. Ten questions to go. Go. All right. One minute each. I think so far he's made it. He's made it valiantly. Number five. Definitely. In October 1962, the world came very close to a nuclear war between the U.S. and Russia. If war had broken out back then, who would have won? No doubt in the 60s with General LeMay at the helm of SAC. It would have been the United States that would have prevailed in a pretty much a no-win right. outcome. There'd be nothing it left. It would have been the United States. Yeah, but nothing left, right? Well, it depends. You know, as as horrendous as uh, atomic slash nuclear warfare is, the ability to neutralize and very quickly uh, take out the enemy, especially in those days with B-52s and yes. B-47s and yes. now bringing on the uh, intercontinental yeah. ballistic missiles, you would have had a very, uh, very capable strike. And, and the Soviet and Soviets were not quite as ready. Right. I think they would have capitulated pretty quickly. Is that what, yeah, so that's I think what it's happened. one of the reasons that they, stayed in, that they stayed in check the way they did or operated the way they did because they did not have a capable, wow. 1962 especially. So we could have flattened those assholes and we should have <laughs> just done it. Is that what you're saying? Oh, I'm not going to say we should have done it, but okay. we could have definitely put the hurt on him. Wow. To make that work, we would have had to have taken at least one hit. Under the oh, rules, one hit? So uh, what, we what city? On, we were going to take. Uh, we were going to take what would it be? What would it be? San Francisco, probably, right? New York. Probably, New York. Right? New York. New York. <laughs> I think so. Okay. Washington and New York. Anyway. Okay, let's go. All right, so uh, the U.S. would have won. That's good news. All right, number four. Here we go. Is it possible to fly a helicopter while drunk? I think that uh, it has been proven to be a very strong yes. I'm not going to volunteer any personal uh, infractions. I think we've had enough personal discovery with the club giving enough uh, information tonight. But I'll say that it is uh, it is known that uh, uh, people under certain levels of inebriation or under the influence of certain types of uh, medications uh -huh. have proven that it can be done. Yep. Not saying it's been done well. Has it done well? Is it done better? You have to do it well. Um, but definitely some people... Uh, do perform better. I, let's put it this way. I flew with a number of folks who later on came out and said that they were uh, alcoholics and became recovering alcoholics. Oh, man. Okay. All right. So, so well, it just seems like too complicated to do even when you're sober. Hey, listen. All right. Let's go. Um, number three. Oh, good timing. Good timing. Wow. Oh, huh? Go, 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 go. Okay. Number three. Is she using that clock behind her? Yes. The cat, yeah. The cat. Are you, are you She's counting, like, the, the she's counting how many times the tail wags. I'm telling you, think, the hit, it <laughs> hypnotizes me. I can't take my eyes off it. Okay, here we go. Number three, could an airline fly at supersonic speed if it had to? Uh, generally, no. Most of the aircraft are designed to be non-supersonic. The, uh, the wings and the fuselage are much too thick for that. Yeah, for that yeah. There has been a couple cases where they believe that uh, in the case of, I believe, it was a 727 PWA when they were an airline, had a malfunction. What had happened there was there was a technique 
where they would have the uh, flaps lowered a little bit to save fuel while they were cruising. Wow. And when the flight engineer, they had the third person in those days, came on board, he saw that the uh, circuit breaker had been pulled off of the slats, which is the front part of the wing. When he put that in and they extended, the plane went into a dive. And that dive approached what they call transonic. It was getting very Ooh. close to the, to the buffet and buildup. And how they recovered was they lowered the landing gear oh, yeah. as they pulled the engines uh, back to idle. And that's how they got it back under control. It wow. Um, it was a technique of improving fuel economy and Obviously, the third person didn't know about the technique when he came back into the cockpit. Wow. So those planes are not designed to go supersonic, and structurally, they would start the realm of approximately 0.95 to about 1.2 Mach is where you get into a lot of difficulties. Okay. Go ahead, Raven. Um, once you clear that, that's when it gets better. Raven. Hello. That's just terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not a fan of flying. Okay, here we go. And then, like, you hear here we go. a story like that, and it's like... I am all set. I would rather walk to my destination. <laughs> really? Number two. Number two, Coco. Ten and ten for Coco. What country's astronauts will be the next to walk on the moon? I think, uh, I don't think it's going to be the uh, People's Republic of China. Oh. Uh, I, I think that uh, that is always played up, and I think that they are desperately trying to, uh, to achieve space flight. Um, I think it'll probably be a joint uh, nation effort uh, uh -oh. the next time we go. Um, they should leave pot out of it, I think. But go ahead. I think that's what's going to happen, Mike. Um, <laughs> wow. To me, I think the Is answer an earlier point that you made in the show is going to really change space but, but travel. But listen, let me ask you this. Once we use commercial type of vehicles to get us up into orbit right. and then the space, the inner the interplanetary vehicle is already constructed in space Five and seconds. flies to the destination. Uh, That's really where we're going to make the difference. Is, Cap is Captain Kirk going to go? He's already well, tried. he's already completed uh, wow, the last yeah. time I checked. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. can he's I tell you something? Hey, listen, he's 90 years old. It's fine. He didn't have to pay for the ticket. They paid for it. All right? That's so it was awesome. Stunt, okay? He came out. Did you see when he came out? He looked like he was ready to bomb. He was like, we oh. were ready to go, baby. And he just knew, don't do this one, Cameron. Okay. I, I think that it's pretty cool, though, when you think that the guy who probably inspired yes. his character, so many people who wanted to go into space. That's sure. true. Finally goes into space. I think that that is such a cool cultural kind of oh, icon yeah. thing. I think exactly. that was like yeah. the neatest it's, part of that. You know, this, yeah. you know what it is? is like, uh, it's, it's like people who became musicians because the Beatles were on Ed Sullivan. You know what I mean? Right. It's kind of like the same right. thing, you know? Raven, are you waving to us or are you just stretching? I was just stretching. Okay, good. I have a dislocated shoulder, so sometimes I gotta. Wait a minute, hang on, hang on. Working, it back bro. in. Really? Wait a minute. How'd you oh. do that? How'd you do that? It's a whole thing. Oh wow. Well, okay, we can't get into it. Uh oh, that's a whole other show. Uh -oh. Another Mac after dark. Okay, cool. All right. So listen, we have. You one... go to the drive-in movies too? The hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, wow. There's giddy up. <laughs> Wow, wow. It's the face after he said that. Yeah, that, that right. cool, calm exterior right there. Wow. I'll tell you, I haven't, I've never gotten rid of my shoulder. It's always been there. Oh. Since wow. You know, my wife destroyed a <laughs> shoulder. Well, I'm, shifting a car. I'm, I'm physically pushing, asking out. Pushing me away. Say, shut up. Shut up. Okay, look. My we, Lord. We got one question it's left. Look, it's starting to look like somebody took a pesos flight here. Ten, wow. ten for ten. Okay. 10 to 10 with Coco, number one, please. Uh, here it is. Okay. 
Uh, who would win in a fist fight, Ronald Reagan or Gorby Gorbachev? I don't know. Ron Reagan was a pretty big man. Yeah. Gorbachev's got that kind of wiry kind of Russian you know, thing with going. The tattoo of Albania distract me on the what forehead was up with thing that? going yeah. on there. So there's a lot going on there. A <laughs> right. lot going on there. Yeah. Right. But he was a good guy. I, I, mean, I think if you talk about the first ladies and the uh, oh wow, Nancy, oh. Nancy Reagan would have cleaned the floor ass. with yeah, uh, yeah, he would have wiped. She would have wiped Mrs. That. Gorbachev. She, yeah, she was. Gorby, a, Gorby was a little guy. I knew Secret Service agents. They told me Ronnie used to go back. Chop wood, do all kinds of stuff, man. Yeah, yeah he's a pretty labor. big, he was a tough guy. Tough. Yeah, in front of the pretty, cameras. Uh, yeah. Plus, he played football, so I, I gotta put it. I'm gonna say that the, the Gipper, Gipper right? would have taken the, uh, the, the prize. Well, he's a movie star, there, guys. He's a movie star. Yeah, Listen, he's a rough dude, man. He's a I love, he's so on the, he in the movie. What about Bonzo? What about Bonzo when he's crying with? Yeah, he's crying with the chimpanzee, the the monkey running around. It's an animal lover. Anyway. So, wow, there you go. 10 for 10 there. Let's, we have to give Coco. Let's go. And you well, know. Thank well you done. All, thank you all. Well, well, you know right. he's going to count how many times. Can close that out? Okay. Matt, could I just ask Coco a technical on the Yes, phone? please, I've, please. Something I've always wondered. Can I do that? Absolutely. Go ahead. Club, what go I ahead. Was, what I was wondering is, uh, you know, what's that blue ice that occasionally falls off the bottom of the planes when they're flying? If there's a leak in the... Uh, if there is a leak in the sanitation system, sometimes the blue meteor is formed on the outside edge where it's really quite cold. And then when it gets large enough, it'll detach or when you get into warmer air. Because I've mm. heard people uh, get injured from uh, falling. Yes, I uh, believe there has been a couple of trivial deaths, which is fairly rare. Really? Uh, that's like winning the lottery for that to happen. But it, it, it is true. This has happened. Oh. Well, thank you. Less now, there, right? if you notice, you don't hear about it as much now because of the improvements that are made in the construction and the systems. Graphic. Oh, wow. Hey, listen. You know what, Steve? I mean, switchy, switchy. Time to put the image up because the train is coming into the station, okay? Juan, I wanted to tell you that there was a party in our neighborhood the other night, and they had yeah. they had live band, a live really? entertainment, and the guy did a punk version of uh, uh, Buffalo Springfield. Hey, what's going around? That oh, one did you hear? Okay. And for what it's worth? For what it's worth. And he had the crowd, you know. And then he did a rap version of Charlie on the MTA. Oh, gee. <laughs> I was getting ready to call that. the cops, actually. Yeah, that was crazy, man. I'd call him because he was so bad. Anyway. Uh, thank you. Uh, we, we have to uh, end the show. End the show. Which means, let's see. Draco, thanks for joining us. Draco. Mac, thank you. I really appreciate it. You get the thank headset too. Okay. All right. It's good to have your authority around, you know, if we have to, you Definitely. know. Definitely. Keep us straight. I'm, I'm always here if you need. Thank you. And he, he showed us his gun tonight, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, okay. Just one. Just one. Wow. one of them. Just one wasn't of them. even loaded. It wasn't even loaded. I believe it was his pistol that he showed us. Yeah, yeah. This is my <laughs> weapon. This is my <laughs> gun. <Sorry. laughs> I, I knew that would only be a matter of seconds before uh, Club right. jumped yeah, up yeah, to, yeah. Uh, to to get that all. Right. Right. Love is out of control tonight. Love is completely unplugged. Right. He, he is, is completely tonight. Boards in. Wow. He, talk about supersonic shooting yourself down. Club, right there. I'm still coming down from my vacation. Club. Club unplugged. face, you wouldn't even know what he's, you, you know. You right. never expect it coming. And the whole time he's always, got a pumpkin. It's one way. Now I know why he's security director. With a hat on next to him. Anyway, thank you. Uh, thank you, Draco. Thank you, Club, for joining us. We appreciate it. Great right. to be here. Thank you. Thanks for, for sharing me. tonight, Club. Yeah. Oh my God. Thanks for sharing tonight. It. Do you have a Red Sox shirt on, too? Do you have a Red Sox shirt on as well? 
Oh, man, you two guys. Jesus. All Red Sox all the time. Mac, what's your shirt say? I see you got That's for Brooklyn there. Yeah, brother. Okay. Top hey, of the food chain. Uh, hey, let's see. Switchy. 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 Thank you, Switch. Thank you. My pleasure. Good okay. night tonight. All right. Next week, we'll talk to you, hopefully. No, I like this week. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. You had Frosted Flakes the week before. That's a little bit of a sugar high. And then you get right back into it and killed a couple of with the beef steak. That's good. Thank you, Switch. My pleasure. Okay. I, I'm, I, I'm trying to go around the horn to save Raven for last. Uh, Coco, thank you very much. Coco. As always, see Every, you in a couple of weeks. Everything I'll okay on, the f- on uh, projects oh, okay. next week. Okay. I, 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 okay. Are you in? Okay. All right. We'll talk off here. Everything okay at the farm? At the farm? It, it's been a very busy uh, busy week. Uh, okay. Things are well. Um, I did have uh, Zeppelin happen to hear Uncle uh, L's uh, voice uh, when I had it on speaker. So uh, I had to calm him down. He's a little concerned. And we had to do a leg count to make sure that we, all our legs are there. Wow. Uh, so he was a little bit uh, concerned the about big that. He's, he's well. Um, I noticed that uh, he, Teddy, and Bear are having more talks. They can't wait for the next big. Uh, get together for Uncle yeah. Al to come up. Yeah, I'm have in trouble. Yeah. Hey, listen, that's, uh, you want to have a little running of the bulls kind of thing going on. Yeah, they're going to take Al. him out there alone. Right? That's bulls, uh, not balls. Listen, oh. listen, listen. <laughs> I got a letter from a woman in South Carolina. Get this, okay? She says, I also have a ball as us. All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they have a classy way of putting it down. Okay, okay, well, you know, they else. listen to the show and they want to set up a Zoom date, a play date for the two of them. What do you think? You want uh, for I'm that? I'm up there. No okay. Okay. Wow. Huh. Thank you, Coco. But I think we should probably maybe send videos to each other first. Oh. I, I'm not sure we should go right into the whole on live with the breakfast oh. with the switch. Do we have to put music on? You guys give Sinatra. Me I'll throw it in a hopper and see what comes you out. You got to have there Sinatra. Go. Come on. All right, here we go. All right. So uh, thank you, Coco. Uh, thank you, Club. Thank you, uh, JJ and the other JJ. And now, Raven, we have to say goodbye. It's that time of night. Sorry. It's that time. I know it's the worst part of my Tuesdays. Wow, over Tuesdays. Uh, okay, it's the worst part of my week, but it's the worst part of her. Okay, it's fine. Thank I hate you. to see her sign off. She's such a cutie. Look at her. She's so happy all the time. Uh, I know. Beer tree going on. Tolerant of all of us. Well, yeah. just having a wonderful tolerant time. is the word. Yeah, this very, is fun. No very tolerant. What is beer tree? Well, can I tell you it's something? A, it's a brewery in my in my town, oh, okay. and they're yeah. awesome. So Beatrice. if anyone is ever here, check it out. Listen, we have uh, we have a secret plan going on up in her part of uh, upstate New York to infiltrate every bar up there with the Magdaloni bar coasters. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we're doing a lot of negotiating as it took. As it turns in the out. old days, it'd be one in every bar in Brooklyn. You know, it's funny. Hands. You know what? People are writing to me, and I've got to do this quick, okay? So go to macmillan.com, hit the contact button, and uh, send us your, at your postal address through an email, and we'll send you up some swag, okay? Here's the strange Except for thing. for 1-1. One, 1-1, one, one, stop there putting is. in contacts yeah. and trying to get stuff from Mac, okay? Stop one, it. 1-1, one, of course. But <laughs> it is that people have told us that in the days past, in the days past, that like beer companies and booze companies would just throw in the bar coasters. Okay. Right. Now they don't do it. They cut it out. They stopped doing they that. They stopped they doing throw it. throw everything in. I mean, signs. Yeah, the, 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 the whole the doodads. So uh, uh, a friend of ours, Lonely Larry, walked into a bar, and he said to the guy, hey, would you like these barcodes? The guy goes, yeah, yeah, we don't get them anymore. You know, so Mac Maloney barcodes. And they're everywhere across the country, thanks to Coco and his trans... Most bars don't have any bar coasters. They're yeah. the crappy paper things. Well, they hate. Well, they hate it because the bartenders hate it because they got to wipe up. They'd rather, much rather just take the bar coaster and take it and take the drink away. Anyway, there you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. He's shown us a picture of his uh, Corvette. It's a bar coaster I just got on my. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey. 
<laughs> Thank you. What was the logo? I didn't recognize it. What is it? Uh, JB's on the beach. Uh, JB. Okay. Okay. JB. JB. So listen. So yeah, the letters are wrong. The letters he's, are wrong. He's, 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 it's late in the evening for him. It's the other. It's the other like, yeah, he's dyslexic. Like he transposed something. All right, let's, he's dyslexic. <laughs> I do the. I gotta do the plugs real quick. Okay, Holmes Rod Troops. Holmes Rod Troops. I didn't know we have to pull out. Holmes Holmes Rod Troops. Look at that, Lizzy. What the f- man? Oh man. Homes Red Troops is a uh, military charity that builds homes adaptable to Iraqi and Afghani war veterans who may have lost limbs uh, in the service of our country. Okay, they build the home for them to make it a little easier for these guys to get around, guys and girls, and then they give them the keys, no mortgage. They give it to them for free. They deserve it. Homes Red Troops. Please Google them. They spend eighty-eight cents on every dollar to um, goes right to the charity. Okay, and that's very high in the. Um, the charity biz, but I, but I'm, I'm I want to also make this announcement is that within the next few weeks, uh, the person who is um, uh, associated with Homes Rod Troops is is General Tom Landmeyer. I think his name is. Do you remember Coco? That's correct, Landmeyer. Landmeyer, right? Okay, he's a two-star general, and he's going to come on and play World War II trivia with us. Okay, how oh, can nice. you beat? That's so exciting. A World War II. Super guy, too. Yes, two-star general. How, how can he lose? I mean, if he if he loses, that's going to look bad for the Army, frankly. Just, right, so? he, he, have him play against me. He'll win for sure. <laughs> we'll fix I, I've been, it. I've been taking a course online. <laughs> he, he, listen, I was thinking of, how about if the Navy guys played the Army guys? So we would match him up with X, and then we'd have one one in the uh, Switch. No, don't have me on the team. Oh, okay. All right, there you go. All right. That's going to be so uh, That'll fun. be funny. Yeah, we'll see what happens. That's in the works. Work for the Navy. I'll take your place. There, there you go. Jocko. Okay. Thank uh, you. Also, the Mosquito Project, the People's Mosquito Project is a good friend, Rush Up, and his mad Englishman friends are putting back together a mosquito warplane from World War II, made of wood, because the British were running out of steel at the time, in the dark days of World War II. So they made out of wood, put two Rolls Royce engines in, and it turned out to be one of the fastest planes in World War II for about two years. It was so fast, they didn't put guns on them because... They could outrun the bullets. They could outrun the bullets. For crying out loud. That was almost one of our questions earlier. Yes, okay. Yeah, we know how it's done now. The pe- that's right, the People's Mosquito Project. Google them. I think they're about a year away from uh, flight, would you say, Coco? A year? Yeah, I don't, want to, I don't want to be the person to put a day like that on. Very close to having a fuselage. Um, being pressed onto the mold right now. Yes, we're on what we call Operation Crossbow. Is the uh, is the campaign we're on right now? Wow. Okay. Because well, one and one Crossbow is... is has a really neat connection to something you talked about earlier tonight, Mac. Which was the that was the mission to take out the B ones and the B twos. Yeah. One one is uh, volunteered to be one of the first civilians to go up. Well, I, we need to go down there and make sure that I can fit in the cockpit. Oh, oh don't worry, man, you, man, can you can fit. fit. We'll and all of a sudden, he's, you know, you're supposed to wear your scarf and no parachute. All of a sudden, you, you want to. I got a scarf picked out. <laughs> okay. He's backing out, Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sneak in the parachute just in case. What do you care how <laughs> cramped you are in there? Mac, I can cuff him and throw him right in. He will know what happens. That's he will know. <laughs> he's used to it. All right, so anyway, so those are our plugs. Thank you. And uh, once more, if you uh, want some swag, swag in a bag, just go to macmillan.com, hit the contact button, and uh, send us your address, and we'll be uh, sending you out a bag of swag. And, um, you know, we're trying to fulfill the um, uh, the uh, increase for the bar coasters. For some reason, we, 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 and i got to leave it at Coco. It Very was his popular. idea. Yep, it was, it was his idea. Coco. I, I tell you, Mac, I, I put those babies face down on a bunch of bar in D.C. Okay. Uh, a week ago. I sat back and watched people walk by. They pick them up. 
they look at it. They were reading the thing, and next thing you know, out comes the iPhone, and they're uh, looking up the show. Okay. I, I I got the biggest kick out of it. That's amazing. Yep. And since I was wearing a mask, no one knew it was me. No one knows you. Okay, that's <laughs> Win-win then. Okay. So listen, why don't we end the show on this, okay? We haven't saluted Coco in a long time. We used to do it all are. the time, okay? So let's do it, please. One, one, please. Okay. Ready? Count it out. Ten. Hit. Oh, please. Can I, you take oh that picture? God, I hit my light. Oh, oh can you take a picture there? That should have been. I should have taped that. Okay. Uh, Jocko had, had a right. Jocko had a fantastic. Why don't we do uh, it again? Like the flag and, in Okinawa. Uh, Raven almost electrocuted herself uh, <laughs> trying to uh, take like hand to hand. She turned her salute into a karate chop. It was unbelievable. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, we had some desk lieutenants. If you, you don't, you don't go three in the flag. <laughs> no, generally you don't try to hurt anybody when you're saluting. Okay, it's not part of the game. Thank you. Thank you, Coco. Thank you for your service, both to our country and to the show. Thank you. So, yes, uh, listen, um, go to MacMoney.com, hit the contact button, and get a bag of swag. And so this is Mac for the whole gang, thanking them and thanking you for listening to us. And see you here next time. Be safe, be happy, and bye-bye.